Eat some prunes. Out. That's my advice. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, December 30th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 265. This is No Agenda. Watching the mud slide down the hilltop watchtower crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation West here in the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I am the former Soviet spy known as Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where it's Christmas week and nobody's working and it shows. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's crackpot and buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, lazy asses there. <laughs> in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you and in the morning to all ships at sea and foot on the ground. Okay, uh, we'll try that again. It's ships at sea and boots on the ground. S- boots. Wings in the skies, hams on the air, and human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net. They are completely charged up and ready to go the way their government loves them. You know, you know it seems to me if you're going to run down that, re- that, that line, you should say... Uh, hams on the air and human resources everywhere. Oh, to do like would, a rhyme? It would have a nice little <laughs> rhyming end. <laughs> okay, like a haiku. Uh-huh. No, well, haikus uh, uh, don't necessarily rhyme. No, I know. Uh, every I'm changing it now in the script, so uh, so we always have it correct now. But can you maybe remember for once that it's boots on the ground and not feats on the ground? I'm talking about on the, the feats that keep washing up on yeah, shore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, John, uh, last show of uh, 2010. Oh, that's right. This yes, is the this, last show This is the last show. That's right. How was your Christmas? Christmas was good. What did you receive? Did you receive anything, any gifts outside of pure love from your family? Uh, I got a few things, this and that well, and the well, other. Like, what'd you get? Like, uh, uh, nothing, nothing. It's, yeah, I want brown chicken. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I got a, uh, uh, it's just, you know, a lot of... Come on, man, stuff. just say it. Just say it, just say it. What's wrong? Are you are you I, ashamed? I, I got a pile of all kinds of stuff. You, you don't know? remember, do you? That's the I problem. I do remember. <laughs> well, I mean, the most important thing is not really a gift. It was some sort of work done for me, so... Oh, really? Like like a, one of those gift certificates? Like, hey, dear yeah, dad... Yeah, well, <laughs> those don't work, by the way. <laughs> they suck. I hate... I used to do those once in a while for my parents. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do... I wash, like, the car... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thanks. You know, I'd be, I still have one of those from my wife from about 15 years ago. To wash the car? I, I pull out every once in a while. To wash hey, the car? what about this? Ah, screw you. <laughs> but was it to wash the car? What was no, it, to- it was like all kinds of stuff, you know, to clean the <laughs> office, to scratch my back. Oh, uh-huh. It was a huge pile. It was a big, giant bundle. Of really? This. It says, yeah. scratch yeah. my back. Uh, that- uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, and it's like, a, a, within a month. How romantic. It was, it was, <laughs> a, well, you know, I like You and Mimi, I got to tell you, you guys are just killing me. <laughs> so it's like, uh, within. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello. Oh, that was weird. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, so for some reason, you went on hold. It must have been my fault. I say, you know, within a month, I, you know, scratch your own back, and then the next year is to give me a back scratcher, and that was the end of that. Uh-huh. I got some cool gifts. Oh, so I get it. You want to talk about your gifts? No. What was the coolest one? The coolest one was from my daughter. She gave me a, uh, a USB record player, <laughs> which I thought was so awesome because, you know, it's like when I was... Shoot, man! When I was five, I think I had a plastic. This is it's made of plastic, of course. I had a plastic record player with a, you know, like a little suitcase, and you blue, and you open it up, and the top was the was the speaker, and then you could. Sh- and I put my Peter and the Wolf record on, 
And this thing is pretty amazing. It's like, you know, it's a it's a record player, and you plug it in. It has uh, stereo outs as well, but you can plug it into your computer. Yeah. Or It also has a little transmitter in, in it. You can uh, Curiously, my wife gave me the exact same gift about two Christmases ago, but it doesn't have the transmitter. It's the original old, older version. Right. The transmitter part is pretty cool because it's, it's uh, portable. Uh, but on the daily source code, tomorrow, last one of the year, I'm going to uh, play some vinyl that I've got laying around. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> well, wait until you see what I've got laying around in vinyl. That's that's what's really cool. It's not just the like fact what? that it'll sound scratchy. I'm, you'll have to listen tomorrow. Come on, tell me. No, listen tomorrow. Just tell me one. Grandmaster Flash and uh, the Furious Five. The Message. The 12-inch. That I, I asked. Yeah. Okay. So we have a couple, one executive producer, one associate executive producer. Might as well get him out of the way to our like the forty listeners who apparently are working during the week. Right. Um, and we do have a uh, at the break. We have a bunch of make goods. Apparently, we missed some people in the previous uh, episodes. In the, in the long episode version, uh, we did. Oh, the uh, the long episode version. What was that? Oh, the where, one where we had the, the after technical the problems and everything. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, our executive producer uh, this uh, for this show who contributed three thirty three thirty three from Toronto, Ontario. Sam, uh, it's either Leung or Long or Lung. It depends on. I think Lung. Lung. I always thought it was Leung, but uh, okay. Dear John and Adam, in the morning, the both of you, hopefully this tiny donation will help dig you guys out of the hole from the coin challenge. I also wanted to refill Thank the karma you. jar and Thank should you. complete my knighthood after surviving vacation. According to this, he is a knight as, as of this point. Yes, I, I see the little knight logo next to his name on the spreadsheet, which yes, is... Yes, so uh, it would be Sir Sam. Cool. Also want to let you know that I sat in the lobby of the U.N., Leeching off their free Wi-Fi to download <laughs> No Agenda 264. Excellent. Good idea. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Thought you might enjoy that. Happy New Year. Uh, may there be more Noah Genesis in 2011. We, we assume so. Uh, it's Sam from Great Nation, uh, Gitmo Nation, uh, Great White North, which is uh, Canada's. And then our associate executive producer for this week, uh, who uh, donated uh, 213.37, uh, is Troy Rudder. Isn't isn't and, Troy a sir by now as uh, as well? You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe Eric will look, look his numbers up. He's in Ames, Iowa. The fabulous Ames, Iowa. No real message. Just keep spreading the awesome. <laughs> we will. We'll do our best to spread some awesome. And we appreciate that coming at the end of the year with uh, with some nice uh, giving levels. That's uh, highly appreciated. I got a couple of quick PR mentions. Uh, one from noagendanovels.com. Uh, Scott, you remember who uh, wrote the book One Day in Gitmo Nation? Yeah. Uh, we, of which uh, a portion of the proceeds goes to uh, support the show. He says, uh, a very nice gentleman by the name of Brendan Kidwell bought a download copy of One Day in Gitmo Nation and proceeded to turn it into an EPUB format. So I have now made that version available for download as well. That means human resources with iPads, iPhones, Nooks, and other e-readers can read it in the right format. It saved me a lot of time and money. I'm sending him a signed book, a copy of the book to say thanks. So you, you can get the book for free by downloading it. Hold on, i got to take off my... My jacket is a little warm here. Ugh. What? I got to take off my uh, my hoodie. It got a little wearing warm. wearing a hoodie? Yeah, it's, yeah, dude, it was like 45 degrees here <gasps> last night. I know. Oh, oh the horrors. Uh, the so, horrors uh, <laughs> of 45 degrees. So go check out noagendanovels.com. Um, and uh, just a quick note from Mitch 
Bidron, who says, uh, hey, you guys never have to worry about stuff like the explicit tag on iTunes. Uh, instead, you probably just want to post a warning about the n- true danger of your show. My 11-year-old daughter, Valerie, has a new hobby, reading magazines specifically to see the side effects of advertised medications. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sending you uh, my remaining knighthood money for show 270, but uh, I want to let you know some of the good that you are doing. We appreciate that, Mitch. Yeah, we were up in a big bear, actually. Oh, yeah, you went to Big Bear. That was, you know, that's really interesting. Uh, Before you talk about that, though, let's mention the fact that the people who do uh, give us uh, at a certain level will get their executive producer credits. They can use them uh, as credits, and you can do that by going to noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash na. Okay, then let's do it officially. And thanks, Sir Sam Ling, L-E-U-N-G. And uh, Troy Rudder, uh, still not sure. No, he's uh, he's still about $263.37 short of knighthood, <laughs> give or take a penny. Uh, but Troy is our associate executive producer. Thank you very much. Unlike uh, those phonies in Hollywood, we'll actually vouch for your credit. Everyone else out there, you must go out and go forth with the propagation of the message. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. By the way, our uh, uh, the spokesperson for that clip uh, got fired. Yeah, I read about that. So that's good. So maybe we can get him to do a, a new version for us. He needs a gig. He's looking for a gig, and, and we're it. We're it for him right now. Now, Big Bear is kind of interesting. Went up there to the snow. So the way it's advertised, if you live in L.A., here's the way you say it. Big Bear, man, it's great. It's only two hours away. Now, when you actually drive it, it's three and a half hours. Oh, I'm surprised it's that short. Yeah, and, and, and it was, we had like a snowstorm up there. It was pretty cool. It was actually quite, I didn't stay long enough, I'd have to say, but we didn't want to risk getting stuck up there and not being able to do the show. I swear to God, <laughs> we got to come back on time, well on time Wednesday evening so we don't mess up the show. That's good. Although uh, there was a f- fine and dandy high-speed internet available, so I could have done the show from there. Uh, in fact, uh, as most people do, uh, I was up there, and you look around, you go, huh, well, well, you know, I, sh- I could buy a plot of land, and we could just park a trailer on it while we're building the house. No. <laughs> that's the beginning of the end. That's, you know that's how it starts, right? Like, I know. Oh, I know people who've done it. I know lots of people who've done it, and, and it's always <laughs> the beginning of the end. What is the end? <laughs> the end is they break up with whoever they're with because they can't stick a trailer fever. You get cabin fever, right? <laughs> and they either don't finish the house or they go broke building the house and have to sell it at a loss. It's just a it don't I, to anybody out there thinking about don't this, do, do, it. do it don't, <laughs> don't do it, do it. <laughs> the number of successful people the the number of successes with that model is so I, it does happen I, I've ran into somebody who actually managed to but is get it only for it. only for mountain living or um, how about people who um, uh, how about for people who go to an island you know it's the same thing you go to like some tropical paradise like oh I love it here so much how oh, we're going to live here honey. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's it exactly what happened. It's the beginning of the end. Just do not do, do not do just it. Don't even think about it. But anyway, of course, it's been the coldest uh, and rainiest weather on record for Gitmo Nation West for uh, uh, the Republic of California. Same up. Uh, I know it's been th- that way for Southern uh, California. Same for no, it's been miserable up here. Yeah. 
of course, around the world, around the globe, we have uh, climate change abound. <laughs> we can't say global warming because, let's face it, it ain't getting warmer. But let's call it climate change, or as some like to say... Something funny, though, in the Gitmo Nation East United Kingdom. Uh, they had a um, uh, a scheme, as they call it, over there. In a, uh, I guess it was like four or five years ago. And the scheme was you would get a 400-pound, uh, uh, I guess, tax break or rebate if you installed one of the extremely environmentally global warming climate change friendly boilers. <laughs> and the, so that's like that's like so basically there were 8 million households according to this uh according to the Daily Mail 8 million households that basically threw out perfectly good boilers which is what makes your water hot and i think uh, it's for it's for, not just for the water but it's for heating as well in a lot of uh, the uh the british homes threw away uh, perfectly good boilers uh, bought these new ones um, except there's a small problem. <laughs> the way they work is uh, unlike a conventional boiler because this essentially uh, uh, takes the 25% heat that normally goes out of the vent and exhaust pipe, as it should, and it, uh, and it tries to pipe it back down into the system. So that means there's a cold pipe running uh, along the back of the boiler. And, of course, these are all freezing up during this horrible weather they're having. So uh, at least 60,000 people have called in so far saying, uh, my new boiler doesn't work. I'm freezing my ass off. So good job, everybody. Way to go. Well, you know, if you're going to be suckered into, into these, some of these initiatives, uh, you, maybe you deserve a little lesson. Yeah. Well, you know, it can happen anywhere. I just thought it was kind of interesting. No, that, I know. Uh, just saying. Yeah, yeah. There was a number of uh, articles that they're, they're starting to come out of all the newspapers in England now about the climate change and the and the predictions in the year 2000. And more, more recently, a book that came out in 2004 saying, oh, the children will never see snow again. You never see snow again. And they're, now they're starting to dig up this you know nonsense. I mean, you dug it up on the show last uh, right, week. Right, the article from uh, 2000. 2000 saying that it'll be a you know the poor kids you know that they, they, they will only have a, virtual snow on the internet <laughs> yeah and they'll know, they won't know what a snowman is i told my daughter that she's like what because <laughs> she lived through the past two winters in london she said virtual what i've never been colder in my life Again, yeah, London would be a very uh, miserable place to be in this uh, it's cold anyway well you know what happens in because they're so unprepared for this is people wind up having to sleep in their cars on the highways. I mean, it's, it's really bad. Yes, in fact, in, uh, and they probably don't know the basic rules about stuff like that. Like, if you live in Colorado, you're taught since you're raised as a kid to never let your gas tank go anywhere near, like, half empty. Yeah, and half empty is already, is you're, you're already risking your life. Because you could end up in your car for days. You know, and, and extremely cold weather, you have to keep the engine running or you're going to basically die. freeze to death. Yeah, you're going to die. Wow. Anyway. I didn't know that, but of course I haven't been raised in Colorado. But I didn't know that. But yeah, keep your gas tank above a half full always. Should we start the show off with something kind of uh, light and funny? Huh. A little, uh, uh, in fact, uh, it, it kind of qualifies as real news. It's not really news, but it was... Um, Oprah, you know, you know, Oprah is starting her new uh, her new channel. 
The O. You know, the funny thing is, didn't Oprah already start a channel some years back, back in the late 90s, called O? Was, I think that, that, that was just was on cable. Uh, wasn't that just a magazine? No, she did a magazine too, but she had a cable channel called O. Hmm. Because I remember that's when I was working on the cable, you know, I was on that <laughs> when, cable when you channel. Were, when you were a cable mogul. I was a cable, no, I was a cable lackey. <laughs> yeah. it, big difference. Yeah. And uh, as a lackey, I would look at the other channels, and there was this Oprah channel that uh, I think Paul Allen had invested in. Really? Well, then that, yeah. that, that, that explains it. That's well, why yeah, it's that gone. Yeah, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> he invested in it. Yeah, before, we, you know, the judge threw out his claims. The uh, remember he was going after uh, everyone except Microsoft yeah. for patent infringement. Uh, the court threw it all out, which kind of solidifies my uh, my theory that he was just doing it to prove that these lawsuits are frivolous and to get frivolous lawsuits off the system. Uh, he'll have to go back in appeals, but uh, they, it, no one has mentioned this. I don't think. But uh, all of the uh, his entire lawsuit was dismissed. Anyway, uh, let's play the jingle then while we're at it. And now, back to real news. So, uh, Oprah gets roasted at the Kennedy Honors, and she's up there. I swear to God, it's Oprah, uh, Michelle, and Barack. I mean, holy moly, up there in the... in the, Oh, I'm oh, sorry, Oprah, Paul McCartney, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama. Ooh, the elites. It's the, totally, totally... The, so, by the way, kind of funny, because wasn't it... Paul McCartney was on stage with John Lennon when the Queen was up there in the box, and John Lennon said, "Just you know, other other people up there, just rattle your jewelry." So now he is the elite. Uh, but Chris Rock, who of course um, panders to the elite, oh yeah, roasted. He's, elite. Uh, He's one of the elite uh, uh, jesters. Yes, a court jester of the elite. He uh, he came. He did a pretty funny routine about uh, about Oprah, and I thought it would be fun to listen to it this morning, just to get uh, into the into the vibe of. Where you're not this holiday season, <laughs> you're not at the Kennedy Center being honored and roasted like Queen Oprah. I walk in this room, and it's just an amazing feeling to look up and see the most powerful person in the world. And right next to her, Barack Obama. Now, what was funny, but what was funny about this is that the camera cut to Michelle, who was actually sitting next to Barack Obama. And she and she made this like, <laughs> that's right, bitches, that's me. But of course, Chris Rock was talking about uh, Oprah. But it was kind of funny to see, and she has like these wireframe glasses on. It's unbelievable. Elitist. But she thought it was about her, and then of course, Chris launches straight into Oprah. Hey! He didn't get her a job, she got him a job. <laughs> True. Completely true. Yeah. No one deserves this award more than Oprah Winfrey, but no one needs it less. <laughs> That's good, right? That's a good. One. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey is so rich. <laughs> How She's rich? So rich, China owes her money. At this point, Barack's like, <laughs> he's turning around. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> If Oprah and Paul McCartney had sex, the SEC would have to approve it. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah. yeah, it was all right. I thought it was pretty funny. No, I'm sure the rock is hilarious, but but it is you know he's, all that's missing is the court jester outfit. 
With the crazy hat and the you know the striped shirt and the whole thing. Hey, John, something just happened that hasn't by, happened by in way, a long time. By the way, it was the Oxygen Channel that Oprah owned. <laughs> something just happened that hasn't happened in a long time. What? You went up an octave on Skype. I did? Yeah. <laughs> You're on the Helium Skype. <laughs> oh, that hasn't happened for a while. I, so I want to, I wish I had something I could read. It's okay. Just be yourself. It's really good. D- do, a, do a review of something. D- give me some of that uh, CES. I, I'm, I'm choking. I don't know what to do now that I get this voice. <laughs> Come on. You could do it. Read, read a story. I've been drinking helium. <laughs> Come on, man. Read a story. Hello, John and Adam. Please accept my double nickels on the dime donation as the last show was totally epic. <laughs> my friends and family all think this is a crackpot thing. I'm a crackpot and I love it. I have two email requests for you or two small requests. I have two brothers that so it works out. Please call my brother Matt a douchebag. All right. Hold on. You know what? I think I'm just going to call you back just to. Uh, no. Oh, oh, bummer. <laughs> The chat room was going, ah, shucks. It was so cool. Now, let me call you back, man. It, it'll be well worth it, eh? All right. <laughs> as funny as it is, I think we should have John in his full glory. How am I doing? Yeah, do, you I do, sound, do I doing, still sound you're funny? Doing good. You're doing good. So, um... Well, what about Matt? He's a douchebag. <sighs> okay. Douchebag. We'll get to Craig's letter later. So there's this uh, story that's been running rampant about kids doing bath salts as a new form of drug. Oh, bath Epsom salts? <laughs> bath salts, not Epsom, bath salts. What's bath, bath sa- salt to do well, besides salt? Uh, well, there's a number of things. So there's two things kids are now doing. Ingesting bath salts and smoking potpourri. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> Eventually, anything you smoke will make you high. I mean, it's, you know, put a carpet in there it's and smoke from lack it. of oxygen yeah. in the smoke. <laughs> put a carpet in there and you will get high, all right? Um, so police say it's a drug problem and they can't do anything Ugh. about it. Ingesting bath salts and smoking potpourri have gained what police call a cult-like following in recent months. Uh, uh, drug problem. Yeah, well, here's what happened. Uh, because, of course, it's really bad stuff. Police at a Kansas, univers- say a Kansas University student, Elijah Taylor, home on winter break, threw himself in front of a highway traffic in front of highway traffic last week. He said it's after he uh, snorted the bath salts. <laughs> so there, apparently, there is some uh, some chemical in the bath salt that uh, can make you high. Or make you nuts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me see if I can find the... Uh, oh, oh. Uh, by the way, it is the, uh, the new... Dr- oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, wow. Hospital emergency rooms in every region of Louisiana have treated 84 people for paranoia, hallucinations, tachycardia. What is that? Like heart palpitations? Yeah. Uh... Louisiana Poison Center now receiving four to five calls a day. This is like a whole Google page filled with the stories about this. It's sold What's wrong with these kids. It's sold under Are they brand that names: bored? Ivory Wave, Ocean Charged, White Lightning, Scarface, Hurricane Charlie, Red Dove, Cloud Nine, White Dove, and these are labeled uh, bath salts. Uh, and products are labeled not for human consumption. Hello, hint. 
Oh, I, so they, in other words, these things are these aren't salts. These are actually drugs, you know, homebrew drugs that are sold. I as think bath so. Salts. Yeah. So the uh, the chemicals within the products sold as bath salts are methadrone. What, does that ring a bell with you, John? Methadrone. I don't know what methadrone is. And methylenedioxaprovolerone. MD, MDP. I love hearing. You can mock me for pronouncing names poorly, but your pronunciation of chemical names is hilarious. So, do you uh, know what that is? No. Uh, well, how do you know I'm mispronouncing it? Oh, I know you're mispronouncing it because I can hear the, what the words are within the what you're trying to say. Let's have the Mac uh, produce. Uh, hold on. Uh, see if the Mac can pronounce it. I don't know if I can do that actually through this. Let me see. Sure, you can. No, go ahead. No, I can't. I can't. Not the way I've got it set up today. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, so, what is that? Methylenedioxaprovolone. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, kids. Well, I got the Merck index. Hold on a second. Yeah. It's right over here by it's the other. MDPV, and kids are snorting it along with smoking the uh, the potpourri. And this is a problem. I think. All right, it, finally. Yes. Don't forget, we got the Merck index here on the show. Start spell that for me. It's methyl something. Yeah, M E T H Y L. I got this. A big book. Hold on. <laughs> I got to get to the M's. <laughs> right. No, this is really the methyl. Is, what is this going to be worth it? It's probably. Yeah. It's probably soap. Is what it is. No, I'm no, telling no. You, it's methyl probably what? soap. Methyl what? Methyl E N E D. Methyl E N E D. I O X. Wait, wait. <sighs> methyl E. I've told you we made a big stink about this. About having the book, right? Yeah. Can I just spell the whole word for you? Yeah, th- then I can look it up on okay. the side. M-E-T-H-Y-L-E-N-E-D-I-O-X-P-Y-R-O-V-A-L-E-R-O-N-E. Jeez. Methylene deox It's bath salt. I'm telling you, it's going to turn out to be bath salt. Crazy. Uh, so this apparently uh, started in the Gitmo Nation East in the United Kingdom, as you're looking that up. Uh, it's the new legal high. Ivory Wave, it's sweeping Britain. This is a story from 2009. Ivory Wave? Yeah, that's the, that's the brand name of, this, uh, of these bath salts that the kids are snorting in England. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get me some of this. Oh, and yeah. uh, let's see, Gitmo Nation I'm Down Under. Myself. Yeah, Gitmo Nation Down Under. It's happening there. Aussie Snort, super addictive Ivory Wave. Ivory Wave, got to get me some. Worse than cocaine. Yay. And legal. <laughs> and cheaper. Fox 2 found stores pushing the potentially dangerous drug. <laughs> so have you figured out what it is? No, because the spelling you gave me is a little dubious. So let me, I'm going to look it up. And, okay. And but I just out. thought it was entertaining. Yeah, let's let's outlaw that stuff. Let's get the kids off of it, off the ivory wave. Get them on a marijuana or something. You got to legalize these things. <laughs> yeah, get, a, get them on a real drug. This is stupid. I agree. Get them on a real drug. This is no good. No, I, this is just poisoning the youth. Yeah, ivory wave. Nuts. Yeah, well, there it is. You can look it up for yourself uh, in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Where... Um, the former cocaine user who says he's been clean for years told us he tried snorting Ivory Wave. How clean is he? He tried snorting it's like, Ivory Wave. I'm clean, but I want to snort some Ivory Wave. 
Yeah. I'd say it's 10 times more powerful than cocaine and lasts 10 times longer. And your teeth are mighty clean. It's too powerful for me, says the cocaine user, and I'm a grown-up man. <laughs> I'm a grown-up. Huh. Wow. Okay, well, that's not good. As we look back on... Uh, 2010 it's been we should uh, do a retrospective show on sunday yeah it, it would yeah well that'll and that'll be the second everyone's going to be talking about the new year no one will care anymore about uh about oh, 2010 that'll go, the, the retrospectives go on for weeks really oh yeah. well there's a retrospective that um uh, i'm going to play you the promo actually uh it's something that we've been we were all over from the beginning and of course it's completely like gone away no one talks about it uh, it's a, a Dutch production from Gitmo Nation Lowlands, and it's a you can watch it online. Uh, you'll find the link to the YouTube uh, video series since it's uh, four parts. So YouTube only lets you upload like ten minutes or whatever uh, under Gitmo Nation Zloty, and it's about Poland. And uh, well, I'll, I'll play this promo for a second, uh, which is kind of the opening of this piece because it, it's uh, the piece is in uh, is Polish with the uh, English. Uh, narrator and uh, English uh, subtitles, translated subtitles. Uh, but it's about something that happened this year that has just been kind of forgotten. Hello, friends. I write you this letter from Krakow, Poland. Most likely, after you will have read my letter, you will conclude that I'm crazy. Or at least that everything in this letter is preposterous. And you know what? I even hope that you are right. And this is just a hallucination, or at worst, a nightmare. Nevertheless, at this moment, I myself and most of my countrymen are deeply concerned and uncertain. Maybe history will prove that our anxieties are false, that we have a natural tendency to paranoia as a part of Polish soul. Maybe. I hope so. But for now, let me tell you about my worries. They start on April 10th. So do you remember what happened April 10th, John? Wasn't that the guy from Yo Agenda? <laughs> now, I know it sounds like comic strip blogger, who is from Poland, by the way. Uh, no, but this is about the, uh, you know, half of the, uh, half of the elites, uh, half of the, the government was wiped out in one yeah, plane why, crash we, in we, Russia. We discussed this, including the gunshots that took place with the kill the rest, the ones that didn't die in the plane. Exactly. And uh, so this is an outstanding... Outstanding, outstanding piece of video, I have to say, uh, produced with uh, government money in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. And uh, just really, really good. It's called uh, uh, letter, uh, A Letter from Poland. And, uh, you know, it's it, when you look at uh, where Poland is on the map, I encourage you to do that from time to time. Just pull out. We have the thing called Google Earth. And you'll see that uh, there's a reason why uh, they have uh, skepticism. And uh, what, what did he say? A part of the Polish soul. Uh, well, they're worried. <laughs> yeah, I would think. They're perpetually worried about yeah, stuff. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just something great uh, to watch if you want to kind of wrap up the year. <laughs> Feel real good about yourself. <laughs> Actually, I have kind of a, re a retrospective show in a way. By the way, it's pronounced methylene dioxypyrovalerone. And what is it? I don't know. I can't find it in the book. Well, how do you know how to pronounce it? <laughs> it's not in the book. Of course not, because it's in Johnson & Johnson's stable of cleaning products. It's not a drug. It's, it's soap. 
It's soap, John. It's soap. Get with it. So I've been uh, continuing to follow um, what's going on in Haiti. And uh, and I have a reason for that because of course uh, who was it who uh, who did the big benefit for Haiti John who who was that uh, guy? there was a couple of guys very very big big guys yeah uh, who was that guy who well was there was the... there was a guy named Clinton yes that's who one I guy he was a former president of the United States yes who was the special envoy to the United Nations yeah uh, he, I believe was president after President Humphrey. <laughs> yes. And then there was uh, another president who was involved uh, Bush who Bush, was helping Bush Bush yes president correct Clinton, yeah. and what did they say. Uh, just send us your cash. Now, right now, all we need from people, <laughs> if you can't be part of a medical team or a search and rescue team, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. So they had, uh, there's another guy. Who did the big benefit? Who was that, John? The big benefit. You know, the big Bono. one with all the stars. Now, with all the stars. Uh, it wasn't Bono. Was it uh, Paul McCartney? Was it, uh, who was it? Clooney. Clooney, George Clooney, right? He's the number one guy. And he's yeah, the go-to. He's man. the go-to guy. We'll be talking about him later today. Oh. Um, so Haiti had elections, and uh, and they uh, they were disputed. This is how it's. By the way, no Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper. No one's on the ground. No boots on the ground. No one walking around. No more live reports about all the billions of dollars that have not showed up, and people still living in tented areas, as Clinton calls it. Uh, but the uh, because the um, elections were disputed, the results uh, have to be um, reviewed by the OAS. Do you know what that is? The OAS, the Office of Animals <laughs> and Shelters. <laughs> you're, you're not being serious today. Huh. It, it is the um, Organization of American States. Oh yeah, right. Those are the uh, right. Yeah, and weren't we kicked? Weren't, wasn't the United States kicked out of that group? <sighs> Well, what's interesting is there was a guy who was kicked out of the OAS, a kind of a high-ranking official, a uh, Brazilian diplomat. Uh, he's actually been kicked out of the OAS. He's been kicked out of uh, Haiti altogether uh, because he was criticizing what happened in uh, during these elections publicly in Swedish publications. By the way, the the uh, the Swiss, not the the Swedes, by the way. Are are really doing a pretty good job of reporting on the atrocities that's going on there, and there's a huge article linked in the show notes. And what I found from this was an uh, a report from uh, our Canadian friends or at CBC who actually did a very good job of reporting on the elections in Haiti. And I feel compelled to uh, share that with the group since this is you know remember what we got here in uh, the United States and in Britain. And in uh, the Netherlands and Germany and all these places where we send all of our money, we texted our $10. Oh, I feel so much better now. And uh, so a year later, everyone's still in tents. We're pooping out everything because we're, we're poopitout.com full of cholera brought in by the UN. And uh, here's how the election sounded. This is a retrospective report from CBC in Canada. Many consider today's presidential election critical for the country, but it was rife with problems and widespread allegations of fraud. The CBC's Paul Hunter is in Haiti to cover the election. Paul. Now, this was reported, by the way, about fraud, right? So, uh, what do you think that means, John, when you think, oh, there's some fraud? I mean, do you think. The- well, I would think that it means somebody is uh, stealing money. <laughs> when it comes to an election. 
Oh, oh, when it comes to election, it would mean that there, people were, were t- getting credit for votes that didn't take place or there was some people being paid to vote or the whole thing was rigged. Here we go. Well, tell us what you saw today. I saw ballot stuffing, Wendy. I saw ballots torn from the ballot boxes. I saw angry election officials, angry candidates, angry voters. I saw the kind of election people here hoped this would not be. Hey, how come? Where's Anderson Cooper with that Hold report? Hold on a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> where's Anderson? Where's anybody? I never heard this. This was in what country was playing this this report? Canada. Well, what's wrong with the U.S. of A? How come we're not de- developing these? Because sorts of we don't want anyone to know about this. Because this oh, is going to be our. We're our... the suckers who gave the, uh, Clinton all that money. That's supposed yes, to be. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I, we got to build our hotels there. Shyster, I get it. And take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Get in line, he's saying, at this downtown polling station. But they've been in line for hours, and not a single ballot has been handed out. It's a government trick, he says. The government doesn't want us to vote. Outside, tensions ratchet up. Voters shout at UN soldiers, including Canadians. Across town, at a poll in the City Soleil slum, a different kind of problem. To get your ballots here, you can do one of two things. You can get them the proper way from election officials and mark them and put them in there, or you can pick up as many ballots as you want from any of the variety of people we've seen just handing them out to anyone again and again and again. Watch. So you really have to see this video, uh, which I'm amazed is not on, uh, uh, on CNN. I- I'm missing Anderson. Uh, you, you see, like, they got these ballot boxes, which are basically plastic aquaria with a little slot on top, and there's nothing in it. <laughs> and uh. A guy walks up with, like, a fistful and stuffs a whole bunch in. And the report goes on for five minutes, just about rampant. I mean, th- th- you even see the ballot boxes lying in the gutter. And let me play a little bit more. It's just it's so crazy that this is not being reported on at all. But we're about to go through exactly the same thing, and that's why I'm bringing this up. Carefully at the bottom of the screen as ballots are handed off so voters can vote again. How many times has this man voted, we asked? Many times, he said. (laughs) These people tried to stop us from videotaping it. But we saw ballot stuffing nonetheless. That hand has a wad of ballots so thick it can hardly fit in the box, and there are more ballots in his other hand. Okay. So uh, let me, let's just go through the genesis of this. So almost a year ago, we had uh, this uh, huge earthquake, right? Yeah. And uh, just by coincidence, everyone was doing uh, uh, training exercises right in that area. Remember that? Yep. That was really coincidental, right? And then, uh, oh, so then we, we pulled all our guys out. We had like 30,000 uh, U.S. troops, and, and we, then we had the, our huge... Uh, benefit shows and everyone's like oh we are the world we are the children everyone's sending billions of dollars clinton and bush and now we fast forward a year later and all we're waiting for is for the shill government to be put in place uh, which is jude celestine and he will uh, essentially hand over control uh to the united states government no no he's handing it over to clinton not the u.s government. Oh, i'm sorry you're right you're right to clinton to clinton who then will um uh, subsequently, uh, build his uh, hotels, his tax haven. Yeah, so everything. He, well, it's his favorite place. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's where they had their honeymoon. We have to remember some yes. of the backstory. Yes, in that the, you can still stay at that wonderful hotel, by the way. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's still open for business. So we're we're about to see something very very similar. 
and uh, and I, it's important to see the players. So uh, we caught this uh, about a month or two ago. George Clooney hanging out with uh, President Barack Obama, and uh, it's about Sudan and Darfur, and uh, we, of course, being the suspicious guys that we are, saying, "Oh, well, wait a minute, what's happening here?" And uh, I think you were the one that came up with uh, his dad uh, looking like a spook. Are you with me, John? Yes, his dad does look like a spook. Okay, well, I'm, I'm waiting for you to chime in at any moment and help well, me I, with now the story. You were on a roll. You were kind of moving it along. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right good, go. good, good. Letting you go. I'm letting you go. All right, so then we find out, of course, that his dad is part of the American University, and there's a whole, you know, that's the whole media uh, shill uh, system is there. In fact, you even uh, told us that uh, uh, the famous speech by, was it uh, Roosevelt? No. Eisenhower. Eisenhower about the media, indu- uh, the military industrial complex, and initially was the military, military industrial academic, academic complex. complex. Right. So we connected all those dots. So you know, now it's time for uh, Clooney to uh, sell it because he's got to sell it. We've we've got something's going on in Sudan, something's going on in Darfur, and uh, and Clooney's the man. He's got to go in and sell this thing. And so, uh, what uh, did you get this uh, article emailed to you, John? Maybe a couple uh, times? You, you take it. <laughs> About George Clooney teaming up with Google and uh, several other celebrities. Oh, yeah. They are going to be watching through satellite technology yeah. uh, movements of uh, what is happening in uh, Sudan. And he has a website for this. It's called Not On Our Watch. You can find it at notonourwatchproject.org. And uh, here it is. Board member George Clooney. The world is watching. New satellite Sentinel project aims to deter war in Sudan. A new human rights project initiated by Not On Our Watch board member George Clooney will combine satellite imagery analysis and field reports with Google's mapmaker technology to deter, deter the resumption of war between North and South Sudan. Launched today... The Satellite Sentinel project will use satellite imagery analysis and crowdsourced mapping to monitor the tense border between North and South Sudan. Okay. So, what does all this mean? First of all, it sounds really high-tech. Like, George has got some kind of amazing shit going on, and uh, he's uh, going to be looking at everything, and uh, he'll be... Uh, he'll be he's, he's on... He's, he's our man... In the sky is the eye in the sky. George Clooney is going to make sure that uh, there's no bad stuff going on. How many people have been killed in Sudan and Darfur? Oh, lots, like millions, they millions. The right, they, there's a well, you know, I, I millions, two and yeah. a half million. But why? What is it about? What is what is well, what is going on in Sudan? If we were to guess, what gee, it's about, what what could it what be? What is the fractal that we've been doing on this show? Uh, probably since its inception, and one of the easiest ones is you look up the name of the country, and you, and yep. then you use the two words in Google, <laughs> oil, oil near. <laughs> That's right. So Sudan is basically, it's one big oil pit with sand on top of it. Okay. And the, the thing is, is that most of the good oil is, is in, in the, the south. southern part. And, and where's and all the... And now there's a referendum to split yes, the country in half because, exactly. well, there's evil Muslims up in the north and there you get... Who, who harbored bin Laden, by the way. They're terrorists up there. Yeah, terrorists. terrorists, bin Laden, the whole... And pirates. And, <sighs> yeah. and they're controlling the oil in the south and these poor, peaceful people. 
Yep. And so we must split the country in half, and we're going to monitor it with Google satellites just to scare the crap out of you, just in case you're trying to pull a fast one. And we're going to split the country in half with a referendum That's of right. people who probably never voted in their life. January okay. 11th referendum. Oh, wait a minute, let me guess. The re- That's the point you're making about yes. the Haiti elections. Yes. This is going to be very similar. Yes. Now I'm getting it. I'm yes. getting it. It's falling into place. Ka-ching. Yes. And then uh, the money will be flowing. Right. And uh, it's just amazing when you see, because what, what of course is needed is, as this is taking place, this referendum was set up in 2005 as part of the Comprehensive Peace Agreement, big joke, uh, which was decided by the elites in The Hague. This is how it works. Like, you get a bunch of uh, Africans in, uh, in Sudan, they didn't even heard of The Hague. And then The Hague is like, oh, we have a peace agreement here. And in January 11th, 2011... Love that, by the way. One, 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 one. The elites laughing in your face once again. Um, they're going to hold this referendum, which, of course, uh, will. It, it's going to kill tons of people. Oh, yeah, but a lot of people are going to die in this. But in though. order to sell it, in order to sell it to the slaves, the stupid slaves like us, we've got to get our guy Clooney in. And he's, yeah. well, he's, the, he's the go-to guy. He's the guy. go-to guy. But he's, he's also in, hanging around some creepy guy that I've we, we well, discussed Well, I got it here. So he's got, first of all, he, he, uh, on this uh, Not On Our Watch Project.org, he brought in Don Cheadle, uh, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, Jerry Weintraub. Actually, let's, <laughs> let's, let's play a little game, John. Let's play a little game. Which name does not belong in this list? Uh, George Clooney, Don Cheadle, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, Jerry Weintraub, or David Pressman? Who the hell's David Pressman? <laughs> Bada bing! <laughs> right off the bat, John. Great. David Pressman is an American human rights lawyer, according to Wikipedia. Former aide to uh, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. Oh, he advises a number of... Hi- he's the handler. Highly visible individuals on foreign policy and related advocacy strategies. Um... He served as an advisor to Secretary Lucy Napolitano and Chief of Staff to Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security. Recently, he was appointed by President Barack Obama to serve as Director for War Crimes and Atrocities at the National Security Council at the White House, and he will coordinate the government's efforts to prevent and respond to mass atrocities, genocide, and war crimes. Yeah, he's the He's, he's the, the handler. handler. He's the handler. Exactly. Hmm. And um, so, of course, um, there's nothing at all um, on this website about, uh, you know, you can donate. But- <laughs> oh, why do they need donations? I'm looking at the stats. <laughs> Sudan, which is the third la- largest oil producer behi- behind Nigeria and Angola. And by the way, this is never mentioned in any of the stories. Ever. Once in a while, it comes up. But they're producing without our help. I mean, in other words, I mean, we do have some, obviously, foreign oil companies there, but they're not obviously cranking it up to the max. Right now, they're producing 40, 490,000 barrels a day, which is, which in 10, at $100 a barrel is $40 million a day in oil. Yeah, exactly. $40 million a day in oil. So you're going to donate to this, uh, you, to, to this group, <laughs> to the Sudanese, when they're making $40 million a day in what they can the, pump yes, out of the ground? Exactly. Watch the fractal. Watch what will happen. There's going to be it, – it'll, it'll come around 1-1, one, 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 which is just unbelievable that they have this uh, <coughs> referendum on the 1st of January – on the 11th of January, uh, 2011. There's going to be huge killing going on, huge killing of innocent people. 
and and then we're gonna have like a, oh my god we we need a uh, what should we do oh let's uh, let's have a little telethon for them let's send them some money <laughs> so we all feel good about the elites so killing black good. people well, for oil actually uh the the, the notion that uh, everything is you know the, the reason that a lot of charities work is not to really do any good, but it's to make the charitable person feel, feel good. good. It's to make you feel good. That's exactly what so it's you for. Don't, so you don't have to think about it. Well, yes. I did my part. I sent him 100 bucks. Those of you in Gitmo Nation Lowlands who have been uh, uh, following this, every single year there's a bunch of DJs, radio, wacky DJ stunt. They get in something called the Glass House. And it's a house made of glass, and they broadcast for like a week nonstop, and they, they don't sleep or eat or whatever it is. And, uh, and, and people uh, uh, egg them on by donating money for Darfur. It's been going on for years, this. For, uh, for at, least, at least four years that I can recall, maybe even longer. Uh, you need all that money so you can fly Clooney around in a private jet. <laughs> yeah, along with Those Brad and Matt Damon. Yes, it's like $6,000 an hour. Yeah. But if you look at the links in the show notes, and I've um, uh, assembled quite a, a number for you, uh, you'll see uh, the CIA activity in the Sudan been going on since the 80s. Of course, because there's oil there. Uh, well, CIA. Worse than that. I mean, the real reason, by the way, that they're brought, bringing in the heavy hitters, in my is opinion. Is because China is there. China's exactly. coming in for China the oil. China is now nosing around. Oh, yeah. They're handing out guns. Yeah. They say, hey, give us your oil, and uh, here you have some Chinese guns. Yeah, that's why. Because this is what's happening in Pakistan. It's the same thing. The Chinese come in with like a, a $25 billion package, and all we've got is like, oh, $7 billion. Oh, Yeah, we don't yeah. need to assuage. The, I mean, the Chinese don't need to assuage their public like we do. We have to come up with a bunch of you know cover stories and all this other Clooney and all these other things to make everybody feel like that something important is happening. That's why we're throwing money at it. Where the Chinese don't have to do that. They don't care. They just go do what they have to do, yeah, and the, yeah. the public over there doesn't pay any attention. They're more concerned about you know local politics. And that uh, that jabroni thing, Network for Good, they're on the back end of this once again. These are the guys that we saw on the last, uh, what was that thing we were looking at, that uh, that other fundraising thing? I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 with, 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 the, with, the, with the knighthoods and all that. So this is... Oh, net- right, that thing with yeah, the knighthoods. Right, Network for Good. They stole, they stole our knighthood concept. Yeah. Groundspring.org, Network for Good. These are the guys that are doing all the transactions. So... Yeah. Uh, and and they say that they return twenty five dollars to the sector for every one dollar invested in network for good. Sounds bogus. Well, that depends on your definition of the sector. Yeah, and all exactly. The rest of it. Raised over two hundred seventy million dollars in online donations. Boy, that makes us look like a couple of chumps, jabronis, total losers. Uh, so there's a couple of you know, of course, Google's in on this. The UN is in on this because they have to be. Because we're going to have to send more UN people no, in to, to, to make it Google look good. Google can't not do it because they're you know the you yeah know, the they're, good they're guys. the map so guys. They were strong armed into it. I don't believe for a minute that they came up and volunteered for this job. No, no, there's like, uh, but they love it though. It's a great. We PR asked Google moment. to help us, and they wouldn't. So they're letting the Africans die a miserable death. Those Google horrible, do no evil Googlers. <laughs> but you hit you hit it right on the nose there, John. The whole idea is. Uh, so, just so you know, uh, and if we had known about the earthquake machine hitting Haiti, we would have been able to call that one as well. Uh, it's not about the people. The people are there to die, and they have to... Uh, yeah, thank you, darling. 
and they have to die because we have to get the oil and we got to clean these pesky people out of the way because they're living on the oil. Go away, you slaves. Go away. So we have to kill them. And it's unfortunate, but that's the way the word Where works. Where are these people? They're living on the oil. We'll roust them. Yes. Get Send rid of- in some, some, some bad rid- news Muslims and kill them and yes. then blame it on them. That's, well, that's what they're going to do because there's already the, the Al-Qaeda on the uh, Sudanese Peninsula. You watch Al-Qaeda in Darfur. Which one will it be, John? Will it be Al-Qaeda in Sudan or Al-Qaeda uh, in Darfur? I think Darfur? it's already been named. I think it already is. I oh, it is Al-Qaeda in Darfur? No, I think it's Al Qaeda in Sudan. No, I don't know. I, I don't it's not catchy. Though. I have to go it's, back it, and look at the list. It's not as catchy, catchy as uh, uh, Arabian Peninsula. They, no, Arabian Peninsula is the best yeah, one. Yeah, they need some more marketing. Well, I mean, that set the stage for the rest of them. But you can just watch. You can watch, and then you'll laugh later as all the stupid human resources in the in the non African world are then. Uh, helps to make them feel good about the death that is going to take place, so that we can drive our cars. Beep beep. Uh, George Clooney will put up. We'll put together um, a couple of initiatives and a couple of benefits, and we'll get uh, all the all the entertainers will come in, and we'll all feel good as we text some money uh, to these other guys. That's how that is how it works, and I and um and I think that uh, in 2011 we'll see uh, we'll see this happen a number of times. And uh, we'll, probably, we'll probably have talking points about it eventually. It's very complicated because it's hard for people to understand what it's about. But just think how many times... It's always you, about the oil. How many because times... Because there's you, money involved. Yeah, how many times have you, have you thought... Have you heard about Darfur? Like, oh, yeah, wow, this really sucks. I mean, yeah, there's like warlords and stuff going and on And why there. are they running these people out of the country? No one ever asked the question. Why, what, are the, it's because the Muslims hate these people. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing... Uh, the thing that's bothering me the most about this... Is that somebody, this is obviously studied, and somebody is tightening up the cycle. The cycle of, of doing these benefits used to be a long one. There used to be, you know, the, the, the aid for, uh, the, the, the USA for Africa. USA for Africa, the, the, you know, these different concerts that they throw every so hands across America was my all time favorite. <laughs> it's going to end homelessness. This was in the eighties, I believe. And everyone's going to grab hands and all across the entire country, you're going to hold hands. And, but there was all kinds of holes because you couldn't get over the Rockies and there was all these issues and they never did do the thing right, but they claim they did. And this was all going to end homelessness. It didn't end anything. <laughs> it ended homelessness with the guy who put it on. Uh, we but, they, but the six- cycle between these things has been moved closer and closer is almost so they can have a weekly event. Yeah. But we I need that. I guess they that. figured out that the public doesn't, they They're apparently too stupid. snookered so much that they don't even care anymore. They just, you know, they get, they get a guilty conscience oh, yeah. and they throw money at, at by texting. Well, no, but, it, but it's getting better now because now um, as a part of all banking and as a part of credit cards, uh, uh, they're doing this in, in the UK. They're trying to roll this out nationally where every purchase you make, every purchase you make, a piece of that will go to the good cause. So they can have this rolling. This is what Bob Geldof is all about. And apparently there was some great um, uh, documentary in the UK was on the BBC, and I can't get it on their iPlayer. But it was like it's all about Bob Geldof and 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 uh, and the other guy. Um, ah, I forget his name. Um, and how they really started this rolling. These, these guys, they are they are so in. And meanwhile, it's like oh, Sir Bob or Saint Bob or whatever. But it, it's you're right. 
They've tightened it up, and it's just going round and round, and now we're actually going to take money out of every purchase you make to keep that thing going, which is the Feel Good Foundation. If you want to feel good, send us some money. Yeah, we we the ones that are broke. <laughs> yeah, well, not quite broke, but yeah, two two weeks of no we, agenda we away we're from not being broke. Two hundred million dollars, like these other yeah. guys are getting from all these, you know, who whoever's donating. I have no idea. I mean, I, I'm sure that most of the people that donate to our show are not donating to these other uh, initiatives because they, you know, we they might, they might, they might. Well, I, maybe they I, would. I, think, I mean, every once in a while, I hear something. I go, well, that's a pretty good idea. You know, I feel like donating to something. I have to look into it. I mean, most people don't do that. That's the problem. Hmm. But um, so Geldof was the in the Boomtown Rats. Is that this? Yes. Guy? Yeah. He did. Uh, I don't like Mondays. Was his number one hit. His only hit, I think, the Boomtown Rats. And so he does he did he take a page from Bono or what's the deal with these guys? Uh, they're both kind of from the same region. <laughs> but I think uh, Bob was has been around longer than Bono. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, Bob's got his thing. Bob's doing his uh, his watch commercials with uh, Jimmy Wales. You know, so he's 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 spinning his goodness out. That's okay. Well, guy, guy's got to eat. But um, I mean, if you really want to look into into all at Live Aid and USA for Africa, I mean, the whole joke of it is is we were going to end all this horrible stuff in Africa with the first Live Aid, which, by the way, was a, a media a spectacular media event. Well, so is Hands Across America. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> Hand jobs across America. That have been. No, there you go. Now you're <laughs> that's what the that's the chat room is already organizing that one. Live <laughs> Aid was held on 13th of July. This is how long ago? This is when it 1983, began. 1983, I think, wasn't it? 1985. 85, right? It was organized by Bell, Bob Geldof, and Midge Yuri. Midge Yuri of the uh, Ultravox to uh, raise funds for the relief of the ongoing Ethiopian famine. Right. Which, by the way, the Ethiopians are now well fed by Monsanto. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Bill has the global juke. By the way, they have so they're not hungry anymore. They're just malnourished, which is Monsanto. kind of the irony of Ethiopia. Yeah, they're doing groovy now. Bill has the global jukebox. The event was held simultaneously in Wembley Stadium in London and the John F. Kennedy Stadium in Philadelphia. Do you know that there are some listeners of this show who who were not alive and did not witness Live Aid? That's how long ago it was. Yeah, it's a long time ago. It's a twenty, uh, what, uh, twenty-five years ago. Yeah, twenty-six almost. But, and, the, but yeah, then we had we have listeners. Then that we had USA for Africa with uh, uh, We Are the World. We had Band Aid, uh, and it all includes the same people over and over again. Yeah. Over and, over. and 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 I think we've mentioned this and every before. time they do it, the money gets moved over somewhere. Or they, you know, they make a bunch of money on the album, and they, everybody, somebody makes a fortune. Yeah, just and they, just so you know, because I, I think we mentioned this before, but like we are the world, uh, which is written by Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, a uh, couple other people. Uh, but most of these uh, big benefits, the rights, the money from the rights only goes to the cause for like three years. Then it reverts back to the artist or to the to the author, the composer, and the author. It's not in perpetuity, by all means. But there's always complaining after the fact that where'd the money go, and we need some accounting, and they never get it. Ah, of course not. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Listen to this, uh, the, the performers that, that got into this. Do you remember Phil Collins got on the Concord? He started in, uh, in Wembley. And then they flew him on Concord to Philadelphia, and he played. It was it was amazing at the time. We're like, wow, he was he was in 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 the in England in London. 
and he played there, and then he got on this really fast plane, and he flew all the way to America, and he played there again in the same day. <laughs> it was amazing. We had no internet. We had no cell phones back then. Man, they Holy had everybody. Crap. Mick Jagger, Crosby, Stills, and Young, Madonna, <laughs> Tom Petty. Yeah. I mean, you name them. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was awesome. Day. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. David Bowie, The Who, Elton John, All right, Paul let's, McCartney. Let, let's not get off track, you groupie. Jeez. Let's, let's hey. not, so uh, maybe we should just uh, thank some people who are uh, making themselves feel good by supporting us. And we're already uh, halfway through the show? Yeah, we're halfway through no, the we show. we talked about one thing. We're, we're, no, we're, we talked about a whole bunch of... To, well, this was a big one. This is a huge, huge thing. Yeah, it's a huge scam. At least people are going to get a clue. Wait a minute, let me just see what, the, what Clooney is saying, what, what, what you can do. Maybe we can learn something for the pitch. Uh, Clooney says, you can make a difference. Stay informed. Call on your elected representatives to take action. Educate your community. Make a donation to support emergency and life-saving programs. There we go, John. That's it. John, I would like people listening to the show to make a donation to support emergency and life-saving programs, namely ours. Yes. Seriously. No, I think people should. And, And stay informed. He's, he's actually plugging our show. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Georgie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Okay, so we can just wait for it. We can just wait for the atrocity to take place, and then we'll have the big benefit. And uh, uh, I wonder who's going to be headlining the big benefit this year. Who, uh, who, who, can, uh, who can headline a, a Darfur benefit? I don't know. We got we got to have some African. It'll uh, be one of the regu- well. It'll be yeah. I bet maybe I don't know. Maybe that guy from Haiti will even be a the thing. Oh man, maybe. maybe so anyway, let's thank Gaga. some people. I look up the Cohen letters. Uh, there's two of them um, that the I was reading earlier, but I blew off my uh, the my what? browser the blew the up. Letters? So the letters from uh, if you look at Eric's second note, he or or his first note, one of the two. He uh, one of our our donors. Um, who is? I don't know what you're talking about. Craig Cohen, go look up Craig Cohen. He's got two emails that he sent that you, for his donation. He does. They're not in the spreadsheet, so I can go look him up. But it's I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going now. Jeez, because you can do it in an instant with whatever it is you've got there. Well, not an instant, I, but it does go pretty fast. Um, so let's thank a few people, uh, including Lois Whitman Hess. Lois Whitman's actually a major PR person in uh, New York City. Hmm. Uh, the, she uh, gave us $111.11. I want to thank her. Todd McGreevy. Uh, she's actually one of the great PR women that actually work today. She, if she was in Hollywood, she'd be, uh, they'd probably try to kill her. Hey, I got it. Uh, Todd McGreevy, uh, Davenport, Iowa, $111.11. Thank you guys for your commitment and discipline to inform and entertain. So we loyal listeners uh, in the in the May live semi-sane, I don't know what that means. Anyway, now let's go out and propagate the formula. Just like a missing word. Every- <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got Craig Cohen's uh, email. Okay, we're going to get right. We'll get to him shortly. Okay. There should be two letters from Cohen. There's two of them. One of them's got. Some, one of them is interesting because he 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 mentions the fact that he had to do a report on something we discussed. No, I and don't have he that used, one. Oh well, he used our documentation because our show notes are so extensive 
And they are. And people, it's students out there who listen to the show should every once in a while, if you need to do a report or something, go back. If you can find the show that we did something or take notes and you will find uh, all the research done for you that will allow you to do some pr- pretty spectacular it's stuff. All, it's all part of the package that we deliver to you. Right. For very little money. Simon Feld Olson in uh, Buskerud, Norway, $111.11. Thanks for opening my eyes. Uh, he's from Gitmo Nation Brown Cheese. <laughs> James Lowry, uh, Macquarie, Macquarie Park, New South Wales, Australia, $101.01. James Stapleton, Prospect, South Australia, Australia, $100. Rudy Shellenkins. Shellikins. 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 Skeletons. Skeletons. Come on, you can do it. Skeletons. You can do it. Skeletons. In uh, Wajwick, Walwick, Valvek, 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 Vake, 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 Vake. No, it's Vake. That's what I'm like saying. Like Dyke, Dyke, Vake, Oh, Wal Dyke. No, a hundred dollars. Uh, Matthew Nicole, Brooklyn, New York. I can get that one. Mm-hmm. $66.66. In the morning, gentlemen, I have safely received my challenge coin. I originally bought the coin for two reasons. First, to challenge people. Yeah, they yeah. worked their weight in hookers and blow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second, I thought it would be nice to support the no agenda while getting a challenge coin. I'm sending you $66.66 to double down on the challenge coin price and sending out a call out to all those who purchased the coin to do something similar. My hope is that you recoup the losses incurred. If this doesn't make up the difference in cost, please let me know. I'll gladly help. No, no that's, so, that's so nice. And what a great idea. Very nice guy. Let me give this some karma. Guy, let me give him some karma there first. I haven't done any karma yet. You've got karma. He deserves that. That was very He's nice. Good guy. Well, and Matthew's there. Uh, Brooklyn. When well, you know these guys are dead, down to earth. Yeah. Hey, you're still stuck in the snow. Is the question there, <laughs> in Brooklyn? Because of borough favoritism. Leif Moan in Ronart Park, I think California. Leaf. Wouldn't that be Leaf? Nope. By the way, my name is pronounced with a very long A, not oh. like Leaf. Oh, I'm wrong. Thanks for a great show. He says, in the morning uh, from the Gitmo Wine Cellar, a.k.a. Sonoma County, I discovered the show a few months ago, and I'm finally able to make a donation in addition to supporting the show. I hope I can get some karma. There you go. I work on a few goals with you in the new year. You've got karma. And then uh, we've got, uh, make sure you read the note there, John. Uh, Craig Cohen. You have the note in front of you. I do. You just looked it up. <laughs> Hello, Adam and John. Please accept my double nickels on the dime donation as the last show was totally epic. Friends and fa- this is the one, isn't this the one you read? Uh, my friends and family all think I'm crackpot. I think you just read this, didn't you? Well, I was reading it as it was Oh, the then it went away. Voice. Okay, okay. I have two brothers. Oh, okay. I have two small requests from you, and I have two brothers, so it works out. One, please call my brother Matt a douchebag for not listening to this show. He needs to listen, but he does not. Douchebag. Two... Please give a birthday shout-out to my much older brother, Justin, whose birthday is December 31st. We're having a huge bash at his place, and I'd love him to hear this. You guys rock my socks. Keep doing what you're doing. P.S. Adam singing helps me sleep at night. There yeah, you go. Well, it puts me to sleep, too. <laughs> DUIHelp.com, Barry Wilson, uh, Arthur Kessler, and Robin Dirt in, uh, in Hoboken. Uh, they're all in the Knighthood Layaway plan. I thought I'd mention them again. And uh, Lee Donaghy, uh, great Yarmouth, Norfolk, 
UK. I thought we mentioned them last year, but it's a donation for working over Christmas fifty dollars. And also, we have a, a lesser donation, but it was interesting from Jeff Wheeler, which is the proceeds from an eBay auction for his breathalyzer. Right. He, he gave us thirty three dollars and sixty six cents from the auction. Thank you so much. So uh, he should make sure that you uh, wants to encourage everybody to give us more, which I I second. Okay. Then we have uh, a couple of uh, make goods. Not quite sure how we how we. This was when we had the big uh, technical issue. I think, yeah, uh, a couple shows back. Garrett uh, McKelvey from Friedley, Minnesota, in the United States. Thank you for your fifty five dollar and fifty five cent double nickels on the double nickels donation. Uh, Greg J. Morrow from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, double nickels on the dime. Uh, Stephen Nelson from Denver, uh, the new Spook Central, uh, Colorado, uh, also double nickels on the dime. Kyle. Boje, I think it would be B O J E, Boye, Boje, 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 from Chaska, Minnesota, hey. in fifty one fifty one, and Tracy Lip, who has donated before, fifty one dollars and fifty cents. Tracy being from Helsinki in Finland, and then I believe John, we have to uh, sharpen up our knives. You, uh, do you have yours? Uh, Hold on. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Please step forward. And it's quite a step Sam must make being from uh, Toronto in Canada. Sam, uh, we highly appreciate all the support that you have given the No Agenda Show, and we like to uh, reward people when their time is due. As your donations have equaled $1,000 in total, your giving level is sufficient to award you with a knighthood. So please, Sam Lung, kneel before us as we knight thee. Sir Sam Lung, Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. You know what you can enjoy. It's over here. It's Rent Boys, Cabernet, Hookers, and Blow. It's all in one place. And we really appreciate you um, supporting the show in that manner. I mean, yes, think about it. You could have given Canada. money to Haiti and have it do no good. Well, it would do some good for Clinton. He needs the, uh, you know, the, the expense of flying around in a G5. Yeah, it is. Well, he takes that from his uh, his Chinese donations to his library. And by the way, people yeah. who are uh, wondering, I get a lot of email about that. It's Mail Steward is the program I'm using for that rapid uh, recall of emails. Mail Steward. It's, uh, it's really quite an amazing little uh, little program. Steward? As in, uh, yeah, Steward. Not in John Stewart, but Steward. Okay. And it uh, stores all your email. Is in it a- only on a Mac? Yeah. Sure. Yep. You absolutely positive. Yes, and it uh, stores all your email in a SQL uh, database, and uh, the retrieval well, there's is smoking. Be there's got to be an equivalent on the PC. You know, that, I can't that, even. No, th- it is not because the reason why is it is ex- extremely inefficient to store your email in a database if you're uh, more than one person. If it's just one guy and it's your own database, it's amazing. So it, there's no scale to it. But this guy, uh, who's a listener who listens to the show, by the way, he uh, after I paid him. Uh, you paid him to listen. That's not right. No, I paid him for the software. Oh, because uh, you know you you can try it a free a free version, and then uh, he actually did hook me up. I have to say, uh, I bought I bought the pro version. He said, no, 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 I'll send you that money back. So I did wind up paying him for, at least for some of it. Thank God. Um, but he he's he's now listening to the show. He's like, oh my god, you guys are amazing. Uh, but go check out his software, Mail Steward. It's uh it's it's a, it it actually works. It's better than Google. It's just it doesn't scale to a huge amount of uh, email like Google does. And it's only on the Mac, as far as I know. But the concept can easily be ported to Windows, and it just someone has to do it, and he did the work. That's what I like about it. 
It's a search algorithm. Yeah, well, it's a sequel. That's all it is. So, uh, you know, I'm so convinced now that someone in the White House listens to this show. Hello, by the way. Welcome to the program in the morning to you there at 1600 Pennsylvania. in the morning. Yeah, uh, hello in the morning to you there. In the morning. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We know you're listening. Because no sooner do I start bitching about the president not being able to stop smoking. After Robert Gibbs, on the Robert Gibbs show in the morning... Uh, said that the president was not proud of his smoking just three weeks ago. We played that sound clip on the air because it's been a little over three me- three weeks since uh, Mickey and I have stopped smoking. Now it's like, you know, it's like, oh, this is a big deal. We've got to tell everyone the president stopped smoking. And, and Gibbs is out there lying, lying because you know he hasn't stopped smoking. But now on the last show, I played the sound clip. We're going, well, I haven't seen any evidence of him smoking for nine months. So, of course, yeah, you know, unbelievable. we call him on that. Now, finally, he comes out. Now, he just gives us the bold-faced lie. So, there's a tweet today, something to announce about the president and his maybe past smoking habit. I love this. Robert Gibbs was tweeting. No, I got to tweet this. Oh, those damn guys from No Agenda. I was asked. Uh, I was doing some questions on uh, on Twitter. This I was doing some questions on Twitter, and people were saying, hey, on No Agenda, they say the president's a pussy. What are you going to do about that, Gibbsy? This morning, I was asked... Uh, uh, whether the president was still smoking, and I can report that uh, it's been uh, probably about nine months. Since probably about nine months. You know what? I know about. exactly the date that I stopped smoking. Anyone who stopped smoking can tell you to the day, to the minute, to the second when they stopped smoking. True or not? I don't know. No, oh, please. He last smoked a cigarette. Uh, he has done enormously well in quitting. Uh, it was- <laughs> he's done enormously well in quitting. What does that say to you, John? That he's that still smoking. He failed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a commitment that I think you he You quit made or you himself. don't quit. You don't do enormously well. No. <laughs> he's done enormously well. The guy just can't help help himself lying here. It's, it's well, he has to, it was he's a letting it be known that he hasn't stopped. Well, he's say, well listen. You know, he's, he's lying. Listen to him. Listen to him. Well, in quitting. Uh, it was a commitment that I think he made to himself at the end of health care and uh, with his two daughters in mind. He hasn't quit. Have him come out and say it. Say, I, Barack Obama, have quit smoking. Then I'll believe it. Yeah, that would be the way to go. Because right now, uh, Gibbs, there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. In the morning. I'm sorry. I should actually, the, the language you, that you understand there, that's what you guys, you speak Chinese. <laughs> Chinese. You know, he do his pandering to the Chinese. <laughs> hey, I'm Barack Obama. We should play more of that. Maybe we can get some guns from the Chinese. We, you, you know, we got a letter from a guy in China. Yeah, that's who true. says, you know, it's almost impossible to get a PayPal payment out of China or send money out of China if you're over there. He says uh, it's just a, just a nightmare trying a lot. We find that to be a problem with a lot of our foreign uh, uh, contributors. Yeah. So. Hey, man, you haven't played one single one of your clips. You haven't asked. John, do you have any clips for today? No, I've got none. (laughs) Got nothing at all. I have a couple of interesting things. Um, If you don't mind saying so yourself. You're on smoking. You want to play the new 2011 Shantix ad? Oh, yes. Now now they're playing it the same. You know, they're... 
put lightening it up a little bit. They got a Boston sounding woman, so she sounds down to her. She's very pretty, mm-hmm. but she's got that 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 annoying Boston accent that makes her sound like she's a housewife. Is, she, is she of milf quality or is she just? Yeah, definitely. Well, you'd think she's dying. She's definitely that ten point milfer milf. by your standards, That's and I know what they are. And uh, she, uh, it's just interesting, but you know, it's still can, Shantix, can we just still- remind people about Shantix? Yes, yeah, so before we, we play this, by the way, this is not an ad for the show, obviously. Shantix is an extremely dangerous product that is on the market to keep people from smoking, and they soft-pedal it on these ads, even though the, the, the disclaimers are all in there. Uh, we have plenty of documentation, including uh, Mickey there at the, uh, at, the, at the Watchtower Command Center, who has tried this stuff, and it's, it's, it's not to be used. It, it, it can make you crazy. It can make you kill. It can make you kill yourself, kill others. You will wake up naked in your neighbor's backyard, not knowing what happened, not knowing how you got there. That's the only good thing that can happen. Well, it says you might, I'm just guessing that they'll say you might have some crazy dreams. Oh, yeah, the dreams are nutty. And the only way to get off this stuff is to start smoking again. So if, if you are... Smoking this shant. If you're smoking, the- if you're, if you're, you could. It's better to oh, snort they, oh, bath salts. Okay. They have changed the pitch a little bit. I have to say, because I was listening, they've changed the pitch. Where now, apparently, I don't know that. If I'm not mistaken, the old way was you took the shantix and you stopped wanting to smoke and you stopped immediately. This one wants you. This new pitch wants you to keep smoking. Oh, even better. While you're taking Shantix and then ease yourself <laughs> off. Now, I think the original Shantix had a similar system, but you just didn't, you, you wouldn't want to smoke no well, matter what. Play it, play it. That play part it. works. Well, okay. Anyway, uh, please, if you're on this stuff, get off it now. Light up a cigarette and then just, and by the way, I have some stop smoking things to talk about after Gold this. Cold, I do remember cold sitting turkey. down with my boys, but I'm like, oh, promise, mommy, you'll never ever pick up a cigarette. I had to quit. <laughs> My doctor gave me a prescription for Chantix, a medication I could take and still smoke while it built up in my system. Chantix is a non-nicotine pill proven to help people quit smoking. It reduces the urge to smoke. Some people had changes in behavior, thinking or mood, hostility, agitation, depressed (laughs) mood, and suicidal thoughts or actions while taking or after stopping Chantix. If you notice any of these symptoms or behaviors, stop taking... If you see something, say something. Mel Gibson, get off the Chantix! Chantix and call your doctor right away. Tell your doctor about any history of depression or other mental health problems, which could get worse while taking Chantix. If you develop serious allergic or skin reactions, stop taking Chantix and see your doctor right away, as some of these can be life-threatening. Don't take Chantix if you've had a serious allergic or skin reaction to it. Dosing may be different if you have kidney problems. Until you know how Chantix affects you, use caution when driving or operating machinery. Common side effects include nausea, trouble sleeping, and unusual dreams. My Benjamin, he helped me with the countdown. Ben, how many days has it been? <laughs> Five days, Mom. Ten days, Mom. I think after 30 days, he got tired of counting. <laughs> it's a new year, so ask your doctor about Chantix and find out how you could save money on your prescription. Go to Chantix.com to learn more and get terms and conditions. Yeah, this, of course, is the bonanza period for guys like uh, doing the Chantix because the uh, first of January is when everyone wants to quit. Right. Yeah, new, yeah, absolutely. It's a dynamite uh, marketing scheme. These guys are, uh, uh, I mean, the product is what it is, but the, the marketing people are just on it. Should I tell you, it's amazing. you know, um, Mickey and I quit cold turkey. We are now, uh, in fact, Sunday it'll be uh, one month uh, oh, since we've been smoke-free. Coast now. 
you, you know what the only issue is, and I'll just speak for myself because you know I can't, uh, I don't speak about women like this. Um, but you get really bloated and constipated when you stop. If you've been smoking for a long, long time, like I really yes, thirty years of smoking, and I and I've, I've been looking online, and this is a common problem uh, because your whole body is kind of in this mode of uh, the nicotine is processing everything then all of a sudden you you don't produce as many i don't know gall or whatever the hell it is and it's just it's been atrocious oh. <laughs> you got plenty of gall <laughs> whatever whatever you call it stuff in your stomach and it's it, it, it was really 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 bad it finally stuff is starting to I mean, work right yeah but it's it, this has been a month and i've read ah, some I people I, that's funny because i never knew that and i've read stories of people. no i've read well no because it's kind of who wants to say that i can't poop and let's be honest anyone who listens to this show knows that i'm a regular pooper and, and i pride myself one <laughs> i pride myself on my pooping and now it's like this has been a real you go for like three days that's horrible and your huh. stomach gets all bloated, and then you know, then go into Eat some prunes. Out. That's my advice. You know, it doesn't matter what you do; it it nothing helps. I I've been reading stories of people who actually started smoking again. They they it got so bad, so they can poop, so they could poop again. Yeah, wow. But you never read anything about this at all. Yeah, but unless well, so, you start looking for it. But anyway, I, 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 that's so. an interesting. That's. You, I didn't know. <laughs> hey, okay, so that's an so, interesting tidbit I learned on that No Agenda show. I think I should donate to them. I think they shouldn't. By the way, we forgot to mention <laughs> that to donate, you go to dvorak.org slash NA, uh, channeldvorak.com slash NA, or the No Agenda show.com and, and help us out because it is a short week, a short week in terms of nobody's listening to the show, so we're, our donations are down. So let's pick up the pace in the, for next year. Now, Dvorak.org and, and, and thanks and thanks to everybody who came in at under the fifty dollar mention level. Uh, all of our five dollar uh, a month uh, subscribers, our lucky thirty dollars, our thirty three thirty three boarding pass donors. Thank you to all of you. Our five uh, uh, five by one. Uh, that's a big one for us for this year. And um, after the show today, the stream is going into maintenance mode. People have already noticed some differences. Uh, for 2011, this stream at noagendastream.com, uh, besides uh, it being actually possible to listen to it because we've had you know uh, severe issues in the past couple weeks, I think we're doing a little bit better today. Um, uh, a lot of your money is going towards systems that will keep this running that will actually put you in charge of the stream. And uh, tomorrow on the Daily Source Code, I'll talk more about that. Daily Source Code, by the way, also um, financed by your um, your donations to uh, Dvorak.org slash NA for the No Agenda Show. All of that, just, it's what we do for you. Now, and, and we're uh, happy to bring it to you. Yes. So now, so after I got that commercial, I ran into an interesting situation, which I think may evolve. There is a, uh, I ran into another commercial for an over-the-counter drug product sold like Chantix and all these other, you know, with all the disclaimers, except the disclaimers in this case are, is more of a sales pitch. But it's the exact, they've decided that this model of a long, boring commercial, in this case, is talking about discomforts, which is like, I never heard of the word used like this before. But, but discomforts it's, it's, is like uh, not being able to poop is one discomfort. This may be actually about your problem. And it's a commercial call that which you can see we will play, yes, which yes. is fashioned after 
the you know the uh, the prescription drug model, and I found it fascinating that someone would pull, try to pull this. That's like doing a Bayer aspirin commercial, you know, done as though it was a dead you know dangerous drug. Nice. I began to have several discomforts with my digestive system, <laughs> like gas and bloating. <laughs> This is me. Thank you, John. That's what I said. This it's is perfect. great. That's why they, the Shantix thing and the this whole is perfect. It all fits together. Here we go. I tried several popular digestive relief products, but they just weren't helping me. Sound familiar? Now for digestive discomforts, there's Sustinex. Sustinex contains special probiotics different from those in other products. They survive stomach acids and are clinically shown to help with digestive discomforts. Taking care of the digestive tract is also key to good immunity, and Sustinex is clinically shown to help boost the immune system to help you stay healthy year-round. In his book, You Being Beautiful, even Dr. Oz writes that he likes Sustinex. Try Sustinex today and save up to $5 with coupons redeemable at drug, grocery stores, and super centers everywhere. Sustinex is the answer. My digestive system is back in balance. I'm myself again, and I feel better than I ever imagined. To receive your coupon, simply download it online at TrySustinex.com. This is a limited-time offer, so go online now and get the relief you need. So it's clinically proven, but uh, it's not an actual drug because there's no disclaimers. Right. So it's, it's just uh, poopitout.com stuff. Yeah, it's just basically a prune ad. <laughs> Hmm. But the way they played it, and instead of the instead of the display, no, no, they have this, like this bubbly like guy. Yeah, well, yeah, discomforts is very it's a, that is a very interesting use of the because discomfort. If you have discomfort, but this discomforts means you have more than one poop problem. It's a, some sort of a, do you do you have, Adam? Do you have discomforts? I have made massive discomforts, although it's getting somewhat better without the help of any type of medication. It's just your diet. You've got to adjust your diet. Yeah, fruit. Uh, fruit, uh, fiber. And, you, and we all know on this show, John, you care about my fiber. I've always cared about your fiber. I'm worried for you. Thank you. I feel pretty good, though. I'm, I just uh, was a little bloated for a month. <laughs> <laughs> bloated? For a month. Uh, for uh, a month, I'm telling you. Uh, for a whole month. I have an end-of-show clip, uh, by the way, which I'd like to play. At the end of the show. Which is? Uh, John Young of Cryptome. Yeah, what about him? Uh, so he actually, in this uh, clip which aired on Russia Today, it's an interview. Um, and let me see how long it is. Russia Today. It's um, That's a long clip, John. Shit. It's really worth it, though. Uh, he basically explains how leaks work. He was one of the founders of WikiLeaks with uh, Julian Assange. And so did you did you read the article? Yeah, well, it sounds like something I want to listen to. Yeah, did you read the article it. about somebody who did an analysis in one of the big newspapers about leaks and that that get into the media and that WikiLeaks? If you took the into all the leaks they've ever done, it's only like less than ten percent or something like that. Well, there's a couple things that I read. One is uh, the Ministry of uh, Truth (NPR) actually came out with a statement, which I thought was interesting. I'm uh, citing from this, December twenty eighth. <clears throat> In recent weeks, NPR hosts, reporters, and guests have incorrectly said or implied that WikiLeaks recently has disclosed or released roughly 250,000 U.S. diplomatic cables. Although the website has vowed to publish 251,287 leaked United States embassy cables as of December 28, 2010, only 1,942 of the cables has been released. So I thought that was good that they did that, but it shows you what we need next from them is... Um, many NPR host reporters and guests have incorrectly stated that Don't Ask, Don't Tell has been repealed. 
That's the next thing I'm waiting for them to say. Well, that ain't going to happen. No, it ain't going to. Even even Joe Biden was sending out emails to everyone. Hey, we, now that we've repealed, don't ask, don't tell. Lying sack. So, no, I didn't read that. I did read uh, haiku leaks. Oh? Yes, haiku leaks. Someone's uh, gone through the trouble of uh, making haikus of 1,830 cables. Uh, would you like a sampling? <laughs> yeah, might as well. King Hamad flatly stated that Bahrain is not happy with Qatar. That's a haiku. Yeah, it's a haiku. There are being seen, they are being seen as barometers for next year's nationwide vote. So uh, <laughs> there's a link in the show notes to the uh, haiku leaks. But no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see whatever you were talking about. So uh, I want. There's a clip I got on here called "Helicopter Parents" that we play. The, the house was a, a, a buzz as I was making clips last night over this particular. Uh, uh, this was a over the. We, we have the weekend cr- crew doing most of the stuff on MSNBC, CNBC, all these, all the talking heads, uh, uh, alphabet soup channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all the substitutes, and, and actually, some of the shows are now better. Because their substitutes are trying to show off. Oh, they, yeah, right, right. But sometimes they don't have the good technical staff, so it kind of falls apart. This, this, uh, these guys during the week, because on the weekends, yeah, the staff, is, they're all, they're not always working weekends. But during the week when the substitutes take over, they're actually improving the shows mostly. But anyway, there's this, 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 just a report about what Ford's doing and how it got everybody a buzz about the fact that the next generation, not the generation, the millennials that we're dealing with now, uh, you know, where there seems to be no interest in working or doing actually doing anything other than reading and sitting around. Uh, but the generation after that, which may be developing into a, a group that is that is dominated by helicopter parents. My daughter was uh, mentioning that her high school that she goes to, the group coming up behind her, which is all helicopter parents' children, are just basically right now in the school system, in a lot of school areas, there's more parents. You know, they always said that the irony of this, of course, is that we've always said, oh, the parents should be more involved. They should be in the PTA. They should be doing this and that. Now they are, and it's ruining. The kids can't make decisions. The parents are all over everything. It's all part of a system change that's been taking place. And this little re- rec- uh, report on a, on a new Ford initiative it kind of highlights where this is headed. Head out on the highway. Looking forward, Remember driving your first car, the open road, cruising around with your teenage friends, your choice of tunes playing on the radio. Well, forget that. Ford Motor Company now not only allowing parents to control the keys, but the car radio as well. <laughs> The automaker announcing today a new feature that will allow mom or dad to block 16 channels on Sirius satellite radio deemed too mature for teenagers. It means no more Howard Stern or Hip Hop Nation for teen ears. The censorship feature already allows parents to limit the car's top speed and audio volume. It even keeps music on mute until that seatbelt is buckled. All of which sounds okay for safety, but had us wondering what's next. Will Ford give parents webcams for the back seat to make sure there's no hanky-panky at the drive-in? <laughs> that shit's un-American, John. 
That's just so un-American. Basically, it got everybody chatting this about this this phenomenon of helicopter parents who are hovering over their kids all the time, right. and the fact that it, and my wife predicts, and everybody is in agreement with her, that by the time these kids get out of college, they won't be able to make any decision on their own. No. They'll be just basically the worst kind of slave. I mean, hopeless. You know, they can't. They won't be able to to, to resolve anything. It's going to be a disaster, and the, and the entire system is like working this in uh, in the background. And as we're like, you know, maturing, and it's going to be a, it's going to ruin the country anyway. That's no. I I think you're right, and there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of evidence to to back that claim up. And there's a lot, you know, there's things happening on the other end as of. Uh, January 1st, 2011, 10,000 baby boomers a day will be entering Social Security. 10,000 a day. Yeah, to, well, that's going to be... An, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, is that what you were going to say? Well, it's going to break the bank, that's for sure. Now, now while we're on this topic of these helicopter parents and the kids, I, I was watching one of the Dylan Radigan show this week. He had a substitute guy named Matt something. They never said his name. I got clip after clip from this character. Very good host, actually, except for his voice being a little high-pitched, and he doesn't listen very well compared to some people. But he, there was this thing about the no, re, play the No Child Left Behind clip, and it, they're going over predictions for the next couple of years. And so this guy comes on this show on MSNBC, and he's and he's making these predictions. And he's you know progressive. The, the network's progressive, and he and he says that no. He mentions that no child left behind is is one of the things that's got to go because it's been a disaster. It hasn't done anything, and it's just kind of ruined the lives of a lot of teachers. And it's and it hasn't improved any students' abilities to to think for themselves or to think better or to analyze things. And it's also put us in this testing mode. So kids are only trained to take tests. Uh, meanwhile, of course, the guy, because he's trying to get a job at MSNBC because he's the substitute, uh, kind of just pays, <laughs> almost like shorts out and tells the guy, you know, pretty much to uh, shh, be quiet. So, so we've got six things that we know are going to happen, right? Well, we it. think. The, like, there's like, a problem with two of them. Two, no, well, no, no one pays attention to the president's budget. No one ever has and no one ever should. It's Congress's job to do the budget. Uh, and then the second thing is no child left behind is the worst piece of legislation ever passed by Congress of all time. Why do you say that? Because it did nothing to make our kids smarter. Well, yeah, can the federal government really do that? It did do some things. Like Ask incoming Speaker John Baker, who wrote, John Boehner, who wrote. John Baker. John Boehner, who wrote. Uh, why, why would he go and do that? Oops. What is this? Oh, got a million things happening at the same time, John. Help me. I uh, push the uh, reboot. Uh, hit the hit the uh, control alt delete. I don't want to reboot. Okay. Try. Uh... <laughs> so wait a minute. Who is? Ah, oh. it, it, it's gone crazy. It's just starting to play by itself. <laughs> I don't hear anything. Yeah, no, you don't hear, but I do. You don't hear that? Well, it's very low. Your levels are weird. Ah, uh, shoot. Uh, I mean, I got. I can't stop this thing. <laughs> it's out of control. Hold on. I, can't uh, it. I can't stop it. This kids is why you shouldn't try to do podcasting. It's too complicated. It really is. Okay. So uh, as a you can hear the clip, though, right? You heard the clip? No, I only heard the beginning, and then when you started moaning and groaning, I just stopped hearing it. I'll just play it again just to make sure. So so we've got... You can hear that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. 
So, so we've got six things that we know are going to happen, right? Well, we it. think. The, okay. There's a problem with two of them. Two, no, well, no, no one pays attention to the president's budget. No one ever has and no one ever should. It's Congress's job to do the budget. Uh, and then the second thing is no child left behind is the worst piece of legislation ever passed by Congress of all time. Why do you say that? Because it did nothing to make our kids smarter. Well, yeah, can, can the federal government really do that? It did do some things. Know. like Ask incoming Speaker John Baker, who wrote, John Boehner, who wrote John it. John Baker. John Boehner, who wrote it, and asked Ted Kennedy. That's, so, child, that's so childish when someone makes a mistake like that to like make fun of it no i agree that's childish. This is the guy trying to get this guy off this track that's really childish but okay fortunately he has since moved on uh well uh the one thing i'd say though on no child left behind it doesn't do anything that really gets us where we need to go on education so don't but, reauthorize but, it. but i give george w bush credit for unpacking the test scores of hispanic and african-american kids because sure. troubled schools or or schools that weren't failing in total used to hide all the test scores of those kids and now that's exposed to the light of day which at least gives reformers at the grassroots level some teeth politically right. to be able to move on on this well these, these predictions i'm sure will be good for at least uh a two couple weeks. of hours yeah, after we've, weeks, uh, we've announced them. I, I think they'll be infallible, and we'll be looking forward to this. Jimmy Williams. I don't like that guy. Right. I don't like the guy at all. No, no, you're talking about the host that jumped on yeah. this guy with the yeah. baker. Yeah. Now, I agree 100%. You, you run into the, the funny thing is you'd never do that. I mean, you can do that if the guy makes a mistake and keeps and he drives it home. He says John Baker, and he keeps talking. But he corrected himself immediately, and then the guy jumped on him for making the faux pas. For, and it wasn't funny. I mean, if it was something funny, you could you could play off. So so the guy's a dick. Yeah. That, so, and he has issues. That's a problem. I agree. I mean, when you say a good instead of well, you don't correct yourself. <laughs> I correct you. That's right. the difference. Then, then but, if you but said, I do it on purpose good, just I mean to well. You. Yeah, you say that. <laughs> I mean well. If you said that, then I wouldn't say anything. I mean, so that that was a dickish thing to do. So he's a host that that. But you could tell that he was like, oh wait a minute, this is not part of our checklist, progressive checklist. No child left behind is actually a good thing. One of the few things Bush did that was any good. Yeah. And uh, but it's bogus. And I one of these days, and you know when I really lace into this, the whole no child left behind is bull crap. The entire chart school thing is bull crap all this stuff is bull crap the education system in this country stinks and that's one of the reasons that it came up in the conversation when we're talking about uh, uh helicopter parents anyway that's a clip just need to check one thing here john yeah that part works you want more stuff you got something uh i got a couple things um so i got a lot of emails uh from people who um Say, well, it's it's the same basics uh, link that I kept getting. Uh, three very large objects in space flying uh, will crash into Earth uh, in 2012, uh, kind of around December, from the Examiner. Mm. Uh, giant spaceships to attack. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, I'm like, hey, that's kind of interesting. I, I think I will look into that. And um, so it has been uh, very well debunked. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things wrong with uh, with the story, and I'm the first guy who wants to believe there's three blue ships flying towards Earth. You know, I desperately want to believe that. Um, but yes, there's most a, listeners know this. Yeah, that but, you you def, desperately want to believe. Oh yes. Believe. Well, I, I I do. I mean, I believe. I believe no matter what. But I, I want these things to be true. But this uh, obviously uh, was not. And it was actually it's a very good uh, a debunking, which I put in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, it is actually an anomaly on the on the lens, and I I I, I really buy it because you know the, the there's no guy at SETI named this way. I mean, it's just, it, the whole thing is wrong, uh, but a lot of people uh, like emailing that around. However, 
Um, uh, it's important that these stories come out now because we have um, on the way in 2011 um, Skyline, uh, the Battle of Los Angeles 2011, Super 8, and Falling Skies, all great in alien invasion movies and shows. V, of course, also uh, uh, on the way in the new uh, TV season, all coming out. So that's why we have to have these stories in the media. And this was actually sent by Josiah, jo- uh, Josiah Thomas, a producer, uh, No Agenda, who uh, is uh, very alert and says, oh, wait a minute, when these stories start to hit, that's usually because there's some kind of great movie coming out. So we've got yeah. five of them on the way. There is one link, however, I'd like to mention, and this is uh, a photo that was found, of course, through uh, excellent sleuthing on the interwebs of um, the Mars uh, Exploration Rover, uh, which actually has been dead. They're starting to remove pictures from the NASA site, which is always suspicious, and they apparently can't reach the rover anymore. But there's this one picture. It's... uh, the rear Hascam Sol two one six nine, and I swear to God, you can see a base sitting there on the <laughs> on the surface of Mars. I'm telling you, this is the Spirit front cam, and there's a base. You can literally see the base sitting right there. There's a base on Mars, and now they're removing these pictures from the NASA website. So, not believing these flying saucers going to hit the Earth in December 2012, definitely thinking there's something going on with the, uh, with the base on Mars, which the Spirit rover photographed, and these pictures are now being pulled off of the NASA website. Why else would they put the, pull these pictures off? I don't know. Uh-huh. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. That's my point exactly, John. Maketh, uh, maketh no sense of well, since I got a transitionary clip, okay. play French Guy Babbling. Alrighty, here we go. French Guy Babbling. Nicolas Sarkozy himself and, and his deputy were very uh, critics against the two journalists, Hervé and Stéphane, saying they, they took too many... What the hell is this guy saying? <laughs> Where is this from? It's from Democracy Now. <laughs> That's excellent. I love it. Risk. So we have the feeling it was not uh, a priority for the French authorities to secure their release. And this is the reason why we are so angry today and why the family uh, of uh, the two stages uh, is so angry uh, as well. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> huh? That's, that goes out to all the, the two French folks, neither of which live in France that, that I recall, who's donated the show over the last two years. <laughs> I think we just ridicule the French constantly because of that. Uh, well, they're in their co- own world, you know? You've got this. Sar- they are, which is good. I mean, it's a nice place to visit. We have, we have Sarkozy out there saying once again, oh, I think we should uh, now, by I- the way, implement I the SDR. That, uh, yeah, Sarkozy's off on the deep end with this, you know, let's dump the dollar. And I think he's, I think he's up for, uh, for being, I think he's, he's putting his life at risk. And I'm putting on the no agenda predictions that Sarkozy is either going to be out of office or something bad's going to happen. Because really, he can't do that. Wow, we're not going to do the only during this economic time when we can print money, and since the dollar is the currency, uh, the, the reserve currency for the world, yeah, uh, allows us to control the economies of everybody. Uh, we cannot allow us. We cannot not be allowed. Uh, 
we cannot move from the dollar to anything else and anyone who who suggests it or promotes it or anything else is is up for uh, up well, for Well, but, but that, uh, that's not entirely true because this has been part of the G20 initiative for a while is to have this game. That that's only a just just lip service but there's nobody serious about it. Well, but you know, like Sar- like Sarkozy, I mean, he's obviously it's lip service from him too. Yeah, I mean, but it, I think it's I think it's not approved lip service. I think there's a difference. Oh, really? You think he's just shooting his mouth off and that? Yeah, that, big oh, shot. Oh, that's no. what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking because it, this is not a, situ- a time that we can can do anything like this. Um, I've got a, a couple of other clips we might be interested in. Uh, one thing, there's a series of Robert Reich clips, which are kind of interesting. Now, where do I know this name from? Uh, he's the ex-secretary of labor under Clinton. He's now a professor at the University of California at Berkeley. And he's a little, he's that real short little guy who was actually gives very entertaining speeches. But he, he, he falls into the trap of, you know, of accusing corporations that, of, of wrongdoing in a in a way that is is too obvious, and then it, and it all leads to his concept. And many progressives think this way: that the only way out of this mess that we have with all these politicos that have sold out to large corporations is uh, to do campaign finance reform. Which well, misses how long the are we hearing point. that? Yeah, that's never going to happen because the media is the beneficiary of these extremely expensive campaigns. And the media, what are they going to do? Shoot themselves in the foot? They don't make enough money as it is. And the media is the one who eventually will pull the plug on anybody who talks about campaign finance reform. But let's play these Robert Wright clips and we can get kind of into what he's currently p- promoting. I think one of the problems, and I don't want to tar all Democrats with this, but at least some Democrats with regard to campaign donations are drinking at the same trough as Republicans. They're going to big corporations. Now, earlier this year, uh, the Supreme Court, you remember, said in one of the worst Supreme Court decisions in history in Citizens United against the Federal Election Commission that corporations are people and they're entitled to provide as much money to campaigns and to politicians as they want. Uh, otherwise, their First Amendment rights would be a breach. Well, you can't have it both ways. Uh, you said earlier, and I agree with you, that corporations are not people. Uh, they are just machines. They are just designed to maximize profits. If we actually treat them as people and say that they have First Amendment rights to undermine and corrupt our politicians and our political process, then we're really in trouble because they don't really represent America and Americans. Well, they keep calling them American companies or even corporate America. But do these so-called American companies have any obligation to America? Mm. Okay, well, this is, we've heard this before. Yeah, and I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> uh, let's change the topic. I okay. made my point earlier. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, here's one that's interesting. This is the Germans who uh, are they're having a big debate in Germany. I got this off of Deutsche Welle. Uh, Which you listen to all the time, de- of course. What? You listen to Deutsche Welle all the time. So you, you don't watch have it. to. Yes, of course. And uh, this is the laughable uh, profiling debate in Germany clip. And it, it, it talks about what's going on. They're, they're having real serious debates in Germany about trying to speed up their uh, – they have a TSA problem there too. And they, and tr- they want to take the Israeli approach, or some people have suggested it, but everyone says no, no, no. And, uh, you know, and it's never going to happen in Germany because it would hurt somebody's feelings. Essentially, they're worse off than we are. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're still guilt ridden over what they did to the Jews in World War Two. No, and that's not I'm true. Telling not you, I'm anymore. sure that's what it is. Not anymore. I don't Play the clip. So. 
Hello and welcome. Germany's Justice Minister has rejected a proposal for airports in the country to introduce passenger profiling as a way of making air travel more secure. Sabina Leuthäuser-Schnarrenberger says she thinks the idea contravenes German and European laws on equality. The proposal would see passengers screened according to risk groups and limit rigorous checks to those thought to pose a threat. The German Airports Association argues similar checks are already in use at Israeli airports and would speed up passage through security, but critics have blasted the method as both ineffective and discriminatory. Well, now our correspondent John Berwick is standing by at our parliamentary studios. John, uh, where did these, uh, these um, proposals and these demands come from and, and just why are they so controversial? Well, uh, security has been stepped up at public buildings in Germany, including, of course, airports in recent weeks, uh, since the intelligence services here received uh, information of a concrete terrorist threat. That was uh, some weeks before Christmas. And, uh, of course, that's involved the airports in uh, further delays. Uh, I say further delays because, of course, the snow here has caused already a chaos in, in air traffic. But um, it's also involved them, of course, in additional costs, and that's presumably why they've made the suggestion to create profiles and to concentrate on the more likely suspects. Now, John, have these ideas yet found support? No, they haven't. On the contrary, they've been quite vehemently rejected, and I think there's very little chance that they'll be adopted for two reasons. Firstly, uh, the... Uh, Terrorist organizations can, in fact, use the system of profiles to their own advantage simply by choosing, recruiting people who do not fulfill the criteria of the profile. Secondly, you'll remember earlier this year we had a very heated debate here in Germany about the problems of integrating <coughs> ethnic minorities. And there is a strong feeling that if you create a profile, a terrorist profile, that involves criteria such as ethnicity, age and gender, that you're going to make certain sections of the German population feel discriminated against. Worse still, perhaps, uh, some people would argue that it would be in violation of the German constitution. So are, are they just like uh, six months behind or something? I mean, this Yeah, is, at least. But is, let's go over a couple of memes that are in here I thought yeah, were fascinating. Yeah, for sure. One, the terrorist organizations are going to... The reason this won't work, by the way, although it still works in Israel, <laughs> but that's beside the point, is. Uh, is because the terrorists are geniuses and they're going to reverse engineer... What the what the uh, what the profiling is, and they're going to quote unquote recruit <laughs> people who do not meet the profile. In other words, cheerleaders, uh, donut makers, people that obviously are not <laughs> Middle Eastern terrorists, because that that because they have a recruiting arm, and they go out and oh, well, there's somebody that doesn't look like one of them. That so let's get them to join our cause. This is bull crap. I mean, the fact that the only guys that they have, have to be, you have to be a, a, a Muslim Islamist extremist in the first place. But no, you could, they're apparently out recruiting people, which is essentially the German version of the homegrown terrorist issue that we have here, which is a bogus issue. The other thing that's kind of interesting to me is they talked about the intelligence found concrete. They used the word concrete terrorist threats for Christmas, which, right. by the way, there was an actual Christmas attack. Uh, which was not reported except in, you know, uh, I think they reported on some foreign uh, broadcasts of, of uh, some out of the U.S. broadcasts. And you can play it. it Christmas bombings did take place. Uh, and it was completely, uh, nobody wanted to talk about it for w various reasons that are obvious. Uh, but play the Christmas bombing report and you'll know what happened. 
And staying in Africa, a radical Islamist sect in Nigeria has claimed responsibility for the Christmas Eve bombings and attacks on churches in the country, which left at least 86 people dead. In a statement on the group's website, the sect Boko Haram said it carried out the attacks. Police say the bombings and subsequent clashes between armed Muslim and Christian groups in the central city of Jos killed 80 people and wounded more than 100. Six others died when two churches in northeastern Nigeria were firebombed on Friday. Yeah, I, of course, <clears throat> did see this report and did notice it. Uh, weird stuff going on in Nigeria in general. Um, yeah. But, of course, the only reporting we get on Nigeria here, as I heard, I think it was even on NPR uh, last night. I was in the car, and I heard him talking about someone getting scammed, thinking they were going to get $23 million from some Nigerian <laughs> That's princess. That's all we get, yeah. Well, there, there, there has been definitely a suppression of any islamist versus christian news worldwide when they so they kill 90 people or 96 or whatever they get with the additional dead people because they're bombing churches and it doesn't get covered at all no but meanwhile we crank up the uh we crank up the security here and in germany and i guess elsewhere because they got wind of something that was going to happen concrete but it would well, maybe it was concrete but it took place in nigeria and then they never reported on it I find the thing that I find this distressing. Uh, in what way? Well, in the same way that it's been distressing since we started doing this show, where the news is selectively, you know, news selection is is based on just finding ways to suppress the public, not giving them any any follow up information. This was the maybe this was the concrete uh, uh, terrorist threat in Nigeria and Africa. I mean, are we always jumping to conclusions that everything's going to be in our backyard when we hear something over the chatter that's going on on the Internet? <laughs> it's and, the know, chatter. I tell you, it's the chatter that's going. Did you hear the new GX2 track, by the way, called Title Chatter? No. Yeah, no. Once I get everything that after fixed. the uh, long clip. Yeah, right. Yeah. And now oh. that everything's broken, I'll be sure to be playing all of oh, that. Oh, you won't be playing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And now, back to real news. I know you got a real news clip. Uh, yeah. You want to? Why don't we do that one, and then I got a couple real news thingies for you. So I, I just got this. Apparently, the Spider-Man show is you know, which is which is financed by Bono, your buddy. Oh, really? And Edge. The Edge. The Edge. They're financing the Spider-Man movie. The Spider-Man play in Manhattan oh. that's gonna, to the tune of sixty-five million dollars. Wow! Set it up, but it, but it looks like it may have to close because they it can't sucks. Keep- no, well, because it probably does suck. But because one guy's been seriously injured, and now the main lead actress got got a concussion. What are uh, they from- doing? It's a play. They're swinging around on ropes oh. and they're doing all kinds of wow. fancy shit that apparently was designed mostly by Hollywood stuntmen who couldn't go and do any of the uh, the work in New York because of the unions, oh, which is underreported, right. by the way. Yes. A lot of people say that this show is so high tech and so weird that the people that could actually operate all the equipment are, are were told to get lost because they're not in the union. Oh, and okay. so the union guys are doing all of this, and nobody really wants to... You, how about sabotage, eh? You think there's maybe there, some well, sabotage? Well, could be, and they may be trying to bust the union. It could be just the opposite of what I'm thinking. I mean, you never know with these things. But apparently... Uh, it's, it's it's at the verge of closing, but this report is kind of funny because the guy who who reports it actually contradicts his own. You just you can play it. It's it's quite funny at the end. All if right, there's a punchline, Spider Man, the show on Broadway mm-hmm. seems like it is just star crossed, and now 
star left. I mean, yeah. Natalie Mendoza. Yes, yeah. she's just leaving it. Yes, the lead uh, actress who plays the villainess in the show, uh, who is considered one of the highlights of the show, is leaving. You know, she had a mild concussion from an accident. There's already been so many accidents, including the, the actor who was badly injured last week. Uh, so, why do they always have to get the guy who does the theater reviews to be so overtly gay sounding? It's offensive to me at this point. It's like, you're, you know, oh, it's so you, stupid that we don't know you're you're a theater expert, but you have to sound that way. It's you know, always it's, it's even worse than I, you know. I was in Florida recently. There's a couple of really good channels, radio stations that have really good morning zoos in Florida. Hey everybody, how you doing? Yay, yay, yay! It wakes you up. Yeah. And the guy they bring on to do the, the the reviews of anything is this incredibly outwardly flaming gay. It's insane. Thing. It's, it's a really stereotype that's yeah. got to go. It's a stereotype that is insulting. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 I'm sure it's insulting to gay people. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's just insult. It's like, oh, please. You know, if, if you know what, if you actually knew something about theater, and then I'd, I'd respect you for it. But now it's like, ah. all right, let's finish this report. It just keeps going down and down and down. This is a show that just can't get off the ground. Her last performance was on Monday, December 20th. The production said she's been on vocal rest since then under doctor's orders. But, of course, um, she was shaken as well by watching her fellow castmate get hurt then um, last week. She wrote on her Facebook page that she's grateful to be down to two nausea tablets and four painkillers per day to cope with a concussion. I don't know. What, I mean, do you think that anybody would want to go buy tickets now to see the show that keeps having problems? Well, it's interesting because some people in a very sick, twisted turn to all of this say that they want to see it to see what's going to happen. It's almost like going to, you know, an equestrian show and wanting to see who's going to fall off the horse. It's a <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, of all the things you could say, like, how about, you know, uh, going to NASCAR to, yeah, to yeah. see to see right. a crash? You know, he got the horse, but here's the funny thing. He's <laughs> bitching Equestria. about people being sick. Now, listen to how he finishes when okay. she says that nobody does that. Listen. A little sick, but there are people that have said that. I never go to see the horse show to see that. Yeah. Okay, Reese <laughs> when Withers I was a kid, that was the best part. Oh, right? really? So, it's yeah. like hockey. You want to see the fights? I got it. <laughs> exactly. Reese Witherspoon engaged. It's yeah. as good. Big yeah. Us it's Weekly it's Scoop. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. They uh, are. Kill it. Wow. Anyway. No, he says wow. that it's, so you have to be sick and then he says that's the best part. So wow. Anyway. Uh, in my real news, uh, a TV program uh, brought to you by uh, Discovery Communications. That would be the Discovery Channel. Uh, uh, titled uh, Michael Jackson Autopsy, where what like really the alien autopsy? What really killed Michael Jackson is exactly what it is. What really killed Michael Jackson is so sickening. I mean, can we make any more money off of this poor guy? He's not poor anymore; he's dead. You know what I saw? We were visiting some friends uh, for uh, Christmas Eve for dinner, and uh, you know they have like uh, young kids, and they got this uh, he's adorable little boy. He's a uh, He's like four, maybe five, and he's completely nuts about Michael Jackson. He can do all the dances and everything. There's actually a game for the Wii called Dance Like Michael Jackson. Wow. And, yeah, and then so they've taken his videos and they've and on tons of his hits, and then you had you hold the controller in your hand and you have to do all the dancing. I mean, all of the stuff just comes out. Just they're making so much money on on his death. Well, he was the leading moneymaker last year. Yeah, I know. Dead. Yes, dead. Makes more money dead than alive. That should be a clue for you. And I have um, an update on our uh, Hollywood whackers, uh, Ronnie Chasen, i.e. Ronnie Cohen, former Soviet spy, 
This is from a uh, a new website, which I encourage you to look at, called Wikispooks. And uh, there's a yet a new theory on uh, why this uh, PR lady was killed. Sources close to the art museum community in Los Angeles County believe Chasen was murdered because of some sort of involvement in or knowledge of a scheme by police officers with access to Federal Fusion Center intelligence to steal artwork from museums and extort money from donors and owners. These same sources, and this is actually what I heard, note her involvement with her client, German film score composer Hans Zimmer, who has been named as a victim of illegal U.S. espionage efforts against German citizens. So this is going deep now. Jeez, this is getting crazy. It's getting good. It could be a smokescreen. Well, I like the idea of police officers trying to uh, Well, steal it makes artwork. some sense because the guy that was the bicyclist that supposedly shot her, who was killed or committed, oops, I'm sorry, committed oops. suicide. Yes, yeah, was one of those. The police were involved in that investigation. Mm-hmm. And it was it's quite likely that it was, you know, the and and the and the there's been movies on on the police in Los Angeles. They they've always had a sketchy uh a character about them. Shh, I live here. From the, they, I mean, <laughs> they're great. Corrupt. They're great. Shh. <laughs> I live here, man. Are you out of your mind? These guys <laughs> will kill it, me in a second. Just... Yeah, he was running away from the scene of the crime. He had, <laughs> ah, you know, it was a fugitive. Ah, Curry, we, yeah, we got him. Damn, man, don't do that. Just. Just saying, right? Yeah, just yeah, saying. Yeah, no, I don't blame you for being concerned. I am very concerned. Um, to wrap it up here, uh, unbelievable, this uh, this article, that uh, there's a uh, Belgian Catholic priest, that should set off alarms right there, uh, who is a candidate for the Nobel Peace Prize this year, has now come out and admitted... Uh, Child abuse 40 years ago. He abused a uh, an eight-year-old when he was a priest. And he's still a nominee for the 2011 Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, he won't get it. <laughs> no, he won't get it. But how about we lock him up or throw him in a loony bin or do something? I mean, the, the, this, Belgium, this is the, the home of Dutroux. This is the the epicenter of the pedophile pedo bear networks. Well, so what do you expect? It's just horrible. The, the is no, this a shock to you? You're yeah, stunned. Yeah, I'm stunned that he's no, nominated and still a nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize. It's not a fact that he won't win. You know what? Crazier, he will win. Let me tell you that. He's going to win. That's how in their face they are about this stuff. They're like, hey, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> we'll have him win. <laughs> you sound like Bush. Yeah, well, he's part of that whole plan. It's part of it. Uh, sickening. So the Afghan war, according to us, uh, one of these uh, talking heads, is I, I, I think we knew this number, but it's $2 billion a week it's costing the American taxpayers. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a lot of baby boomers we could uh, provide with Medicare. $2 billion a week. And whose numbers are this these? Is the, isn't this the war that uh, that Obama was going to get? He was, wasn't he going to? Wasn't he elected to extricate us from these wars by all these liberal Democrats who want to end these wars? And he wanted to get us out. You and so they voted him the in to do that. And then he's just increased it, made it worse. Am I, I or am I wrong? You this, that if we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president, it is the first thing I will do. I will get 
our troops home, we will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. 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 Just taking it to the bank. And uh, wasn't he going to, wasn't he, the first thing he was going to do when he got in office was close Gitmo, wasn't he? Wasn't that something he promised he got all you these can take people that to vote the bank. for him? <laughs> the bank. You can take that to the bank. I'm just wondering. I mean, I'm just asking <laughs> just a ask, theoretical just question. Just asking questions. No, no, no. Instead, uh, we get the food safety bill uh, passed, S-510. And I have to say, uh, very nice of the, I think this is, uh, what is the name of this site? Naturalnews.com. Uh, remember, I, I told you that this thing was filled with all kinds of shenanigans and was really, really bad. They've uh, gone through more of the bill. And there's just one little bit that uh, I hadn't mentioned to you um, about our food safety. Uh, and here it's it is. The food mo- safety modernization. They, didn't they throw the word modernization in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. They, it's the, uh, yes, modernization. There's another zation thing in there. Um here it is, recommendations on whether and how to harmonize requirements under the Codex Alimentarius. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's right in the bill. And, you uh, and that Codex. Yeah, well, we started on that in uh, early, right? We knew well, how, we one knew of the first things it. we did on this when we started doing this show four years ago. So that means just like in, uh, in Europe, uh, dietary supplements will be outlawed. You won't be able to have any vitamin D, well, vitamin y- C. It's all going to go away. You know the uh, the dietary supplement thing is interesting because I think there's a there's a secondary uh, uh, intended consequence yeah, to uh, make people sick. No, I think it's also to get right wing talk show guys off the radio. Oh, if you go, we, I, we were trying to sell a radio show to somebody some years ago, and the guy says, "Look, the way it works nowadays, the guy says you're not going to get anywhere." He says you can't get syndicates. The whole business is being held up by people selling, you know, weird, med, you know, phony baloney snake oil on the radio, uh, in one form right. or another, like colloidal silver and stuff like that. Yeah, or, or now it's a lot of a lot of gold that's a ripoff. Yeah, and you know, not real, not going out and really buying ingots, but you know, good, subscribing to some service. And now, of course, the thing that's really caught on is this food. You know, storable you foods. Yeah, storable, storable foods. food. A food will last twenty twenty five years. You know, why do I want to buy a bunch of food that I want to last twenty five years and spend my money on this? I mean, you know, come on, and uh, jump in the car and drive to some place where there's food. Get keep your gas tank more than half full and <laughs> get out of get out that's, of the area. That's it. <laughs> Keep, and but, keep some seeds. I think the seeds is still a good idea, so you can grow some food. Yeah, have some seeds around. But uh, apparently, this bill is just the most onerous thing. And it's going to and it's going to shut down a lot of small farms. It's going to shut oh, down. It's a already lot of doing that. Oh, organic yeah. oh, yeah. farms is going to shut down a lot. The oh, organic yeah. people who are all liberals should be up in arms about this because it's a Democrat that put this in. Uh, but you know who's paying attention to that. Uh, it's going to shut down organic mel- milk and and uh, or raw milk for sure. Those guys have got the oh, that's already done. Back. Yeah, that's already the done. whole thing is yeah. ridiculous. Just wanna, so Monsanto can you know you, you be force fed uh, crap. Well, that's there's actually really uh, interesting news on the Monsanto front. Um, Neotame, which of course is uh, the uh, the aspartame uh, product, uh, has now been approved for use in uh, as a sweetener, and it goes under a a new name. Uh, Sweetos. <laughs> How do they come up with it? A sweetener for cattle feed. Uh, what? Yes. Well, molasses apparently is used as a feed sweetener to, of course, mask the the taste of the crap that we're feeding to the cattle. You know, because they're like you know, cattle are like not stupid. They're like, 
What is this crap? Yo, Mo, I'm going to eat this. Ooh, nice and sweet. It tastes like molasses. So now um, uh, Neotame, under the brand name Sweetos, has been approved uh, as a cattle feed sweetener. Yay! 20% wow, cheaper than molasses. On that one. Yeah, 20% cheaper than molasses. Uh, it's available in both powder and liquid form. And it's good for you. So now that's going right into the cattle. <laughs> this is just more reason to find somebody, get to it, find a farmer, find somebody that grows their own meat. And, and, and throw money at them. <laughs> we grow meat here. We just bought a bunch of. We just bought a half a cow, and it's like the, you pay. It's the, like the total price is like a buck fifty. I mean, it's really a lot. It's really a way to save money and get a quality, you know, uh, some quality food because it's an organic field. You know, the things just grass fed and is not. You don't, they're not screwing with it. And uh, if you in anybody that's got some access to the rural America, you can eat like this, and you eat cheaper and better. And you don't have to worry about being poisoned. This is terrible. Well, guess what? That doesn't include us. We're just going to get poisoned. I, I ain't got any of that down here. I got no farmers around here. There's farmers down there. Yeah, well, if, if Google one for me. I'll go visit him. Right. A buck I mean, I'm 50, sure there's somebody hundred... right now. There's one of our listeners saying, are you kidding me? Out here in Visalia, <laughs> we got two guys that grow I meat. would love nothing more than to get me uh, a half a cow. Uh, frozen. Will they chop it up for me as well in bits? No, they they cut it for you. Well, what do you think? You're not going to get it. You're not a butcher. <laughs> no, that's correct. It goes to a professional butcher. You tell them what kind of cuts you want because you can orient it toward French cuts or you want more of this or you want more bones. I mean, you, you have to tell them what you want. And then they, they cut the thing up and then they, they wrap it and then they... Fr- Oops. You should. Have, you have to have a big freezer. You have to buy one, and then you throw the meat in there, and then you pull out stuff as you need it. Oh, here's a couple of filet mignons. I'll pull those out. That, nice. And, uh, and yeah. how long them. can you keep that frozen forever? A couple of years, oh, easy. Oh, okay, good. All right, I think I'm going to do that. You should. Uh, yeah, I'd, somebody I'd, down there mustn't have a clue yeah. because there's. Come on, there are there. It, it is possible, and it's probably within. If you can drive to Big Bear. Once a year, you can drive out to your your farmer once a year. Oh, I'd be happy to. Uh, just all I need is someone to tell me uh, where to go. I'm going to go get me a uh, half a cow, a buck fifty. You said is that all it costs? Yeah, buck two two fifty <clears throat> max for a half a cow per pound. For yeah, you get a lot of scraps and <clears throat> stuff in there, but you get it's. Believe me, it's the cheapest. It's cheap. It's way cheaper than what you're paying. The cheapest meat you can typically buy is like at Costco, where you, where there's a lot, a lot of you know buck ninety nine, two ninety nine stuff. It's cheaper. It's the. It's just cheaper. Uh, Mickey just said, uh, "If I want to poop, I shouldn't be eating meat at all." That's, that's that makes no sense. That makes no sense, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> she, oh, anyway, she said, she said "There's somebody in there in our southern. <laughs> one of our producers in Southern California has knows has access. They have the. I think I've just been denied the meat. I think uh, soy. I'll be eating soy. Soy, my brain will be shrinking. Oh, great. <laughs> Shrunken brain. Shrunken brain. You'll be doing the show mostly babbling. As opposed to, uh, right. So end of show clip will be uh, John Young, uh, co-founder of WikiLeaks, who, of course, split off after he uh, got in, uh, after he published a whole bunch of emails about WikiLeaks and their fundraising. He didn't like it. But it's really, this is from Russia Today. It's a, a very interesting insight into the leaking industry. 
Um, and I and I it's a long clip, eleven minutes. So if you don't want to listen to it, you can always fast forward or just stop the show. <clears throat> but I think it's it's uh, highly entertaining. I think John, you will like it. Normally, you go ah, it's too long, but it's a very good clip. And and it's it's just him uh, talking in an interview situation, so that's nice. Uh, and uh, I guess we won't see uh, or talk to anyone until uh, the new year, 2011, so keep those uh, donations coming. Uh, the 5 by one donations, which of course uh, will be on the same day as uh, the death and destruction in Darfur, which is great. So we'll keep our eye on that, along with George Clooney and his eye in the sky. And uh, any uh, New Year's resolutions, John? Anything uh, you want to share? No, I'm going to lose another 15 pounds. Wow. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, well, I got a year. <laughs> right, okay. And I will, uh, my resolution is to uh, get everything uh, on the stream all set up and not have stuff crashing. I was I was almost good today. Almost. Yeah. Um, because I got a lot of plans for NoAgendaStream.com for 2011. And uh, once again, we will have two shows a week throughout the entire year. Who knows? We might even get that primer done one of these days. Yeah, we got to do that. That's going to be our That's the second New Year's resolution. Lose 15 pounds, uh, get half a cow, and do the primer show. There you go. All right. Well, John, if I don't talk to you uh, by then, which, of course, is likely to be the case, have a very happy New Year, my friend. And happy New Year to everybody who listens to the Noogen. All the producers out there, we want to thank you for supporting us at Dvorak.org slash NA. And uh, next year should be a, a, a beauty. I agree. Because we're in a growth market. Pissed off people is a growth market. Totally. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the last show for 2010. Uh, in the morning, everybody, I am Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the traffic's backed up for some unknown reason, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back in the new year on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. Please join us. Before there was ever WikiLeaks, there was Cryptome. The website Cryptome.org has been publishing information prohibited by governments. This includes classified and secret documents on U.S. soil since 1996. Now, the co-founder of that site joins me now to tell us more. John Young, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Now, as I said, Cryptome.org has been in the business of making government secrets public long before WikiLeaks was. Tell us a little bit about the history and philosophy of your website. The site was set up principally to publish information about communication security, which is the fundamental technology for keeping secrets. And it grew out of my participation in a group called Cypherpunks, which was also a group where Julian Assange learned his skills. And so that uh, this group uh, was composed of very highly educated engineers, scientists, and technicians who were mostly working for corporations and government on the technology of communication security. And they knew that this was going to come into the private market as a Cold War wound down, and they wanted to get information out to the public about what was coming. 
So we set up this site to make that information available from people who had access to it but did not want to be identified as a source. Now, in all of the time that you've been doing this, it's attracted the attention of the FBI. You've, I've read that you've said that FBI, FBI agents have come to visit you. What do you think their, their surveillance is about? They use our site to see what's going on, and so that's something that we've learned about sites like ours. They're left in place in order to watch who comes there and see what kind of information we put up. Um, government authorities run these sites of their own, and so that and they watch other sites like ours. We've learned this over time, is that the reason we haven't been shut down is we're useful to them to see what kind of attention is paid to this material. We think they actually feed us material to put up as they're feeding information to WikiLeaks and many other sites that, that operate the same way. But in terms of their being able to see everything we're doing, we know that we cannot keep any secrets about our site, and we tell our readers, you should not expect us to protect you because we're being watched, and every other site is being watched, just like WikiLeaks is being watched. So there is no secrecy on the Internet, and we make that clear. That's the lesson we've learned, and we now try to spread that, uh, that you have to be very aware of the Internet, which is a very large-scale spying machine. What really, really motivates you, though, to expose these secrets? Why is this your vocation? Why do you feel strongly that this needs to happen? Well, because secrecy is the biggest um, enemy of democracy, and it's way overdone. And so threats to democracy are coming from the inside, above from the secret keepers and that they need to be exposed. It, it, it has become a huge industry. It's extremely expensive, and you can't criticize it. You can't get access to it, because those who go inside that world are sworn to lifetime secrecy about it, and they can never talk about it. And I'm saying that's a system that is anti-democratic, and it's a big business now. Thousands of firms have been drawn into it since 911 because it's very lucrative. And so we need to have less secrecy in Congress, less secrecy in the presidency, less secrecy in all forms of government. Let me ask you this, though. Some of your criticism is about not vetting information, publishing the addresses, for example, home addresses of CIA agents or detailed maps of government facilities saying that this is endangering people's lives, this is welcoming attacks and giving people um, you know, details on how, how to commit them, and that there needs to be some kind of distinction between what's acceptable to put out there for the public and what's not. What do you say to those critics? Well, well I say to those critics that they're, that they're pulling the, the authoritative trick, acting like they know better. We don't pull that trick. We don't think we know better than ordinary people about how to judge information. But we know that authoritatives are always saying things like you just said. You're going too far. You're putting lies at risk. There's blood on your hands. Are you? No. Are you putting lives at risk by publishing the addresses of a CIA agent at home? This has been going on for years, and they always pull this. We've been told by former spies these are just standard reactions to this to get sympathy for them. They, in fact, will leak that kind of information themselves. You should know that governments leak more information than all the rest of us put together for their own purposes. Like what? Give us an example. Well, as they leak secrets, they get lax. They run operations to leak secrets to test their own system. Um, their own disgruntled employees uh, are are encouraged to leak secrets and let's see what happens. They, they leave laptops around as though left behind by a drunk. They leave papers around. They put stuff on WikiLeaks. These are all well-known techniques to alarm the public, create sympathy, and get more funding. So this is, uh, this is a business. And, and so that um, we would like to say, well, why don't we talk about that? Is there a better way to do that than to, than to deceive the public about this? Why don't we just own up to it? For example, uh, the U.S. military loses more secrets than any other single organization, but they never admit it 
because they say that would aid the enemy. Well, why not be candid about that, that your systems are leaking? Talking about how the government will leak information purposely to test their systems or to garner more support. Do you have an example of that? Well, I can only say that there are schools to train people like Bradley Manning in doing just that on the Internet. It's at Fort Huachuca. This is one of their training syllabuses that we publish. They, they, they actually teach young people how to run these sting operations by leaking information to test the system. They have something called A teams and B teams that do combat on the Internet by leaking this stuff. They've hired hackers to do that. Hackers, in fact, are favorite employees now of such groups. And so... Uh, this is talked about at hacker conferences about how you get in on this. You can pick up good money by, one, being an informant. Two, is running these test systems, infiltrating systems, um, sending out false information. Uh, but this is not new. This has been going on ever since there has been a spy world. And so I'll just say it's now, the Internet is now used for that purpose. What does it achieve, though? Well, it, it achieves, one, funding. Uh, if you don't have threats, you don't need the system. So leaking threats, so then people say, oh, no, this is scary, this information that has randomly, surprisingly gotten out, so we need to go support whatever our government is saying it needs in terms of ramping up uh, Homeland Security funding or, uh, you know, breaching civil liberties in the name of protecting against terrorism, that sort of thing? Is That's that correct. what you're... In fact, the latest one that perfectly matches WikiLeaks is called Cybersecurity. We have a brand new cyber command that's just been given a huge amount of money. It's been in the work so ever since the internet popped up cybersecurity and so if WikiLeaks hadn't invented itself let's assume that it did it would have been invented because uh, this is a gold mine for people who deal in cybersecurity and don't forget most of this work is handed out to contractors and universities and research institutions and so it's widely based um, uh, money flow and so without that uh, we would have no defense department uh, we'd have no national security apparatus would have less need for uh, a president or a Congress. So one of the things that's important to keep in mind here is that this is a deeply entrenched approach. Now, it turns out I'm not, anti I'm not anti-government, I'm anti-secret government. But aren't there some things that, you know, for national security reasons, it's better for the public to not know? No. You don't think there's any? No, I'm saying that needs to be more openly discussed. Right now, it's a knee-jerk reaction. I see far too many sensible people saying that. And then we need to talk more about what the Internet threat is and what is cyber threat. Can you give us an example? And why are so many leaks coming from inside these security systems rather than outside? And why is that happening? Why are your systems so poorly secured that you can't control your own system? Now, that's out there as documentation. And one of the ways, though, you, you cover up your own faults is to raise a new threat and blame other people. So that's what we see coming with WikiLeaks. It's going to be blamed for the State Department's own failure to protect its own material. More importantly, the, the military is trying to deflect attention for how did Bradley Manning or whoever it was did this, and we don't know for sure it was Bradley Manning. How did this happen? This is supposed to be the most powerful, most adept, well-funded military system in the world. How did it happen? Well, first thing, it's a, it's a sting operation. It didn't happen the way it said. It, it has all the earmarks of one. What are those for well, an average person well, like myself some, who wouldn't some know? Some low-level employee was able to get access to a classified system, and he just had this bright idea to take it and give it off to someone. Uh, that's almost a joke in cybersecurity world because that's exactly what you do to test the system. But mainly you've got to have some credibility that it's a real thing. And so it's almost as though it was a plot to do exactly this. Who benefits in that scenario? Cybercom does. They just got a huge funding. They were having trouble getting it on his feet. 
And so now they got a huge fund. They got a huge contract they're handing out. Uh, the conference I mentioned where NSA admitted that it can't secure networks was a, was a business conference to contractors who want contracts to help secure the Internet in response to the WikiLeaks threat and others like it. Clarify, what is CyberCon? Uh, CyberCon is a PR stunt by the Defense Department. The NSA is extremely adept, has been doing exactly what CyberCon does for many, many years. But because the Internet is a very popular topic, they have broken out a new thing called Cyber Command, which will deal with cyber threats. But it's still run by NSA. It's housed at NSA. The head of it is the head of NSA. And so it's just a, a marketing stunt. And so I think that cyber threats uh, will probably eventually replace terrorist threats. You know, there's been this claim that terrorists are using the Internet to plot attacks on us. So it's a kind of wedding of the two. And so this, these kind of accusations of these knee-jerk congressional people about WikiLeaks being a terrorist is exactly part of that pattern. It's a repeat of the red menace and all these other kinds of fabricated menaces. And so now, they, now they've got a fabulous opportunity to say, well, the enemy is already inside the U.S. and they're on the Internet because we set it up, it's ours, and they're, they've infiltrated us. What about people that would listen to your take on that and say, that just sounds like a conspiracy theory? Well, conspiracy theory was invented by the spies. Uh, no one does more more conspiracy theory than spies do. The national security apparatus cooks up conspiracy theories all the time, but they put out this story that it's just conspiracy theory, as though it's contemptible. But in fact, they're the ones who cook up the threats that are far more complex and bizarre than anything we ordinary people could ever cook up, and they get billions to fight it. So they're they're almost diabolically conspiratorial. So let me call myself a skeptic, and I'm willing to learn, welcome criticism. I don't mind these terms of being a dissident a conspiracy theorist. Those are all throwaway terms, as Obama says, off my shoulder. Don't, don't be fooled by that. Uh, there are much worse terms coming. Thank you so much for speaking with us.